It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year All right, welcome back Blues fans to the Talking Blue Notes podcast. This is episode four. Joe, we're back for another prediction show. Today is going to be the Western Conference. We only ended up getting to the East yesterday. Kind of flapped our gums. Long time no talk. Long time no see, buddy. Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's, uh quite the episode yesterday. Uh, we, we we sent out a little clip on the socials to get everybody all chubbed up for this one. Uh, or yesterday's. Zach went on quite the rant about the Maple Leafs. But uh, I had people we'll, DMing me saying they're like, "Are you a closet Leafs fan?" Like it, it, I was like, and I sent it to this this one guy I know that lives in Canada, and he's like, he's like, this is what Leafs fans would say. This is like, you are a Leafs fan, a hundred percent. You know, I I was uh I, I was the one that edited uh, the the clip, so I started with uh the beginning of the of the Leafs talk and all the way to the end. That was a fifteen minute team right there. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know if we're gonna have fifteen minutes on the Blues when we get to them later on in the week. And I think and here's a disclaimer for everyone. Whenever I start saying I'm going to get through this as quick as I can, you I mean, might as well. It's going to be a long rant. It's going to be a long rant. But today, uh, I mean, today shouldn't be too bad. Now, let's throw something out there. We're going to do the Pacific Division comprehensive breakdown. We're going to run through the Central, except for the Blues. The Blues is going to be its own episode. I think we're going to be doing that on. We're going to record that Thursday and release it on Friday before the home or before the uh, season opener on Saturday, right? That's our tentative plan. Yes. Yeah, very tentative, very tentative, <laughs> subject to change. But yeah, today's going to be the Pacific and the Central, and we'll give our uh, I'll give our breakdown. Now we will, we still will tell you whether whether or not we think the Blues are going to make the playoffs in that. Like we'll give our standings, but we're just not going to give a breakdown. We're just not like going to do either that. Either of us are going to say the Blues aren't going to make the playoffs. I know. Like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> like are we really going to do that? I don't know. Maybe someone someone here might have picked them to miss. I don't know. Um. But yeah, let's get right into it. Let's start with the Pacific Division. Now, obviously, the Pacific Division, if you ask me, is probably the hardest one to pick as far as like, you know, like when we were making our predictions, it's probably the hardest one to decide who's going to make the playoffs or not. A division that's very top heavy and the bottom feeders are, they're not terrible, but they're not, they're like in that mushy middle, you know, like they're, they're not bad enough to get bedard you know, coming up next year, but they're also not good enough to make the playoffs, which is honestly the worst, worst place to be as a team. Yeah. I mean, you want to say that nobody's ready. I might, I might have one team that might be ready to tank for Bedard, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're, uh, they're, they're, they're a good division, but no, nobody competes with the central. The central is top dog and we'll, we'll get to them after the Pacific, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk, man. You ready to go get into this? Yeah, why don't you get us started? Let's start with the Canucks. Let's do them first. Oh, you want to go Canucks first? All right. Uh, so the Vancouver Canucks, Western. Southern oh, you know Canada. what? I, I lied. I lied. I lied. <laughs> I'm looking down our list. I'm completely screwed up. Start with the LA Kings. I'm all over the Oh, place. LA Kings. I was going to say, you had them at the top of the list. And by the way, these teams, Zach put the, this order together. They are in no particular order. I don't know how the hell he came up with this order, but... I like it. It's a little random, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, if anyone LA, can't tell, we're not very organized. L.A. Kings, uh, we're going to Hollywood, baby. Uh, 
Last season, uh, they had 99 points, third in the division. They made the playoffs. Uh, they they had a pretty good turnaround team from uh, the previous couple of years. Oh, yeah. Uh, they uh, they made it to the playoffs, but then they ended up losing in the first round to Edmonton. Uh, they had a 3-2 series lead at one point on Edmonton as well. I mean, they had them on the ropes. Yeah, uh, it was a 3-2 series lead. Uh, then they met the wrath of uh, Connor McJesus in uh, game six and seven. He had a goal and two assists in game six and scored and assisted on the only two goals in the game. Uh, for game seven, a 2-0 shutout. So, like, uh, when when you're running into McJesus, that's that's a problem. But that's something that you as a team, you I think you got to figure out a way to work through because uh, one player can't just tear on you on two must-win games. Yeah, and you got to remember in that series, too, like they were, they were facing a hurt dry. And I don't want to make this about Edmonton. We'll get to them, but... Uh, Drysaddle, I think, is that's the series when he got hurt and he was basically playing on one leg and he still had an amazing series. So, I mean, they just, I, I think LA, I thought at one point, I was like, if Edmonton loses this series, that's going to be crazy. But if LA wins, I was like, what a turnaround for these guys. Like you said, last year and the year before, they hadn't made the playoffs since 2017 after getting swept by the Vegas Golden Knights in their first, or 2018, uh, getting swept by the Golden Knights and then hadn't made the playoffs since. And they were a bottom feeder, and to come in with a lot of, like, and we'll go through these guys uh, that that stepped up for him, but a lot of, like, new names that a lot of people haven't heard of, guys like Sean Dursey, uh, Mikey Anderson, who was a, probably a big a big loss for them after he, uh, you know, tore his ACL right before the season ended. Uh, not having Quentin Byfield, a uh, really good prospect they're looking forward to, you know, having play a full healthy season. That was probably a big thing for him, but let's go through some of their stat packs. Give us some of those numbers because i think their goal score goal scoring leader is really going to surprise people so yeah real quick before the uh stats we're going to talk about uh rob blake and tom clon they're back with the team i don't i don't think there's any surprise there they had a good year last year rob blake's doing a good job building this team back up um so we'll go to the stats uh goal leaders we had adrian kempe with 35 philip deno with 27 and arvidson with 20 only three 20 goal scores but hey guess what it doesn't matter they made it to the playoffs uh, as far as points go, uh, Anze Kopitar was 67, Kempe with 54, and Deneau with 51. Yeah, and that, this is what I was talking about, the surprise guys. Adrian Kempe, I mean, knew we. a lot of people knew he was he was all right, a decent player. He can skate really well, but did not see a 30-goal season coming out of the guy. He just he was consistent all season long. And then that offseason, Rob Blake goes out and gets Philip Deneau, and what a pickup that was. I mean, the guy is – and we know he's a great defensive center. You know, he was great with Montreal, taking him to the finals and everything. But to be in the top, you know, top three, four in points and, you know, tops and goals, I mean, that's just – that's an added plus. It just makes you look that much better. So what a great move that they had for those guys. And then uh, Jonathan Quick and Kyle Peterson are going to be back with the team this year. Uh, Quick is uh, quickly aging. He's not getting any younger. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> he you know god damn it <laughs> nice go, go ahead and talk about quick i mean you 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 touched on it he's he's aging quickly but he had a great season last year and cal peterson played pretty well too the only thing i'm worried about is exactly what you said is jonathan quick's aging and do we really know if cal peterson is the guy like you know if he goes down can he be that guy 
and yeah, Joe was shaking his head no. And I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to trash the guy. I haven't seen him play enough, but right now, no. He's. I just don't see it happening. So they're really gonna have to. They're really gonna have to rely on goaltending because I mean, and like I said, they have decent defense. They're gonna get Drew Doughty back again. They didn't have him either. Forgot about that. You know, he was out with a, a major injury for the rest of the year. Didn't have him in the playoffs. So maybe that'll help. You know, a two-time Norris winning defenseman, but. Um, I don't know. The goaltending is a big question mark. I think that's their biggest question mark, if you ask me. And then we'll uh, get to the additions and subtractions here. Uh, big pickup by the Kings this year. Kevin Fiala from Minnesota uh, picked him up in the trade for Brock Faber and a first rounder. That that that's going to be huge for this team going forward. Uh, Fiala was a big part of that dominant Minnesota team last year. That uh, you know, besides. Colorado was really taking the central by storm, especially at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And Fiala is going to be a huge move. And I think that's the, the driving force for them this year. We'll get into that in a second, but they, they lost a few as well. Yeah. And then the subtractions, uh, like I said, Brock Faber was traded with that first round. Uh, a, uh, Troy Stetcher was, is gone. And then, uh, Dustin Brown, uh, he, he hung up the skates. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's probably going to be a big miss, and they're going to miss that guy. I mean, say what you want about him getting the C strip from him, you know, after winning those two cups and then, you know, staying on the team and people thinking that could be awkward. But, I mean, he's still – we know the way the guy played. He was a, a great identity player. And, I, again, I'm going to use that word a lot is identity. When you have a guy like that that will block shots, go to dirty areas, get pucks, and hit people and just dist- – I mean – do you remember watching the playoffs? Did you did you watch in 2012? Remember when he hit Daniel or Henrik Sedin and like absolutely knocked him in the next week? Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. I mean, dude, he the guy was just an absolute force. And he in that 2012 playoffs and in 2014, I mean, he was just a he was a staple. And it's going to be tough missing that guy. Might be a little bit of a, a bigger loss in the locker room than anything, but uh I think they can try to find a way past that. So losing Dustin Brown maybe, maybe something that they'll miss. But it, basically, the Kings didn't make too many moves. I mean, Troy Stetcher, yeah, they moved on from him, but he didn't really do much with them. But they they're they're running it back with the same roster essentially is what they're doing. It's the same roster, um, but you add Kevin Fiala. I, I mean, you're getting a, a 30, 35 goal scorer. I think it really depends on him. I think if they if he's performing well, this team is. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but I they they're they're right there in a playoff race as long as he's playing well and as long as the goaltending is decent. Now I I think Fiala. I don't know how old he is, um, but I think he's going to be you know with this team for quite a while and going to be a you know a star for the future of this team. Uh, they're a team that. They got quite a few young guns that are coming up in the mix. And then uh, as Dustin Brown retired, I think there's only three guys left from that uh, Stanley Cup winning team with uh, Quick, Kopitar, and uh, Drew Doughty. And Drew Doughty is definitely not getting any younger either. There, there may be one or two more guys that I can't think of off the top of my head, but that's all I can really think of. No, I'm pretty sure you're right about that. I don't have it on hand, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, that those are the only three guys left. And it's... So- so those three guys, you know, they're that's that's good leadership and uh, uh, experience for all these younger guys. 
So I think that's going to be key in like developing this team into what the future is, you know, not go. They, they were a bottom feeder for a couple of years, but not totally going from uh, a one to F one, you know, like going from top to bottom. Like that's, it's a good transition. Yeah. It should be a little bit easier, especially with a guy. You have a captain like Kopitar, probably one of the, probably one of the best, like he's the, one of the quietest, best captains in the league, like just low key, you know, he's probably really good for the room. Drew Doughty's got to be great for all these young defensemen. Like I said, Sean Dursey, Mikey Anderson, guys like that. And then, again, Gabe Velarde, um, Carl Grundstrom, uh, you know, guys like that. And then also you have other veteran presences like Victor Arvidsson. I mean, been to, been to a Stanley Cup final, played really well with Nashville, and he's doing really well over there too. So we'll see where L.A. ends up. But, um, I mean, I think they're good enough to make it in. It's just they have to have a lot go right for them. A lot. Yep. You ready to move on, man? Yeah, let's stay in California. Stay in California, drive up uh, I-5, and uh, head to San Jose. The Sharks, Shark Tank. Uh, 77 points last year, good for six in the division. Did not make the playoffs. It was uh, it was a rough season. You know, before we even really get into it, the Sharks were invisible to me last year. I don't, like, they didn't do anything. Yeah, and it's it's a team that's it's shocking giving where they were three years ago, playing against the Blues in the conference finals, taking them to six games. And it just seemed like they kind of fell off a cliff once Thornton left, once Marlowe was completely gone, uh Pavelski left. Um, and then now I mean they're we'll talk about on the, who's on their team now, but yeah, what a, a, you're I couldn't agree with you more invisible. They were just very they were just there. You're like, oh yeah, the sharks are still a team. Yeah. All right, so uh, Mike Greer, new GM, first black GM. First black GM in the NHL, man. Uh, that's a big, big task, big step for the NHL, uh, looking for that diversity. Uh, and then uh, David Quinn's going to be the head coach. Uh, let's go to some stats. The goal leaders, uh, Timo Meyer had 35, Tomas Hurdle 30, and uh, Couture only had 23 goals, a uh, little bit of a disappointment you'd like to see more goals from him no uh, because coacher is a blues killer i can't stand watching that guy because <laughs> yeah, in that 2019 playoffs and in 2016 when we played them in the conference finals which i just realized we played them twice in the conference finals in like the last like seven eight years it's crazy two conference finals since i've really been deeply watching the blues <laughs> yep uh so points will go to uh Timo Meyer led the team with 76, Hurdle with 64, Couture with 56, and uh, Brent Burns had a decent season with 54. Bye bye. He gone. Uh, <laughs> goaltenders, uh, Aaron Dell's back and uh, James Reimer. Eek. That is a no bueno, as they say uh, in the, they the say in Spanish. It is, it is not like we said with Louis Domingue, is not the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, in the notes here, you, you, you pretty much got the, there's not really much to say about this team. Like I said earlier, they were pretty invisible. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take over from here. Man. It's just like and you hit on it perfectly. Like they're a they're a boring team. And I mean, I get it. They have guys like Timo Meyer who makes good plays. And Tomas Hurdle is an awesome player. Again, we talked about him scoring his first, you know, scoring a goal over in Czechia um, in front of his hometown in Prague it was really cool. But I mean, an aging, an aging roster and a, and a pretty 
bad I, I'm not, bad is such a because I'm not a GM and I'm not a pro player I can't say bad a very underwhelming roster is what I'll say outside of that top those top three guys with Meyer Couture and Hurdle not really seeing much out of them I mean it's just it's just not the same and the roster is just it's really like I said taking the it's a big turnover from where they were three even three years ago I mean let me say this again they are paying a, Eric Carlson 11 million dollars a year that's just it's absolutely so nuts to me and I think he's getting paid for three more years and he hasn't done anything I mean he has he's been okay like last year he did have a little bit of a bounce back but not anything close to 11 million dollars worth but he, he's not the Eric Carlson that signed that contract is the big key there no and it definitely paid off the first year because they were they were unstoppable all the way up until they met st louis yeah i was gonna say was that his first year there yeah that yeah still stellar and you know he was stellar back in ottawa but i don't know more and we know i mean i i know that he's been injury plagued the last few years and pretty much almost his whole career you know when you play 28 minutes a game you're gonna get hurt um unless you're alex petrangelo you know he doesn't get hurt but um it, yeah man i don't know just a really weird roster not bad like it like I said in the beginning, not bad enough to be in the running for a first overall pick. As far as I can see, they're not that bad, but I, they're just not good enough to make, they're not even going to be in contention. Like they're not going to be, they're going to be in contention for the mushy middle, which is where you do not want to be. No. And yeah, we'll, we'll give a little sneak peek to what I would assume is both of our little playoff picks. They're not making the playoffs this year. They're, they're a long way from it. And, uh, no, you, you you got it in our notes that they're not going to tank. They're not going to get that first overall pick. I don't know, man. This is a bad team. Ooh, you're you think they're that bad? I, I don't. I, I and honestly, yeah, I don't think that they're going to be the bottom team. But they're 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 not far from it. And let's not forget either. Like, and you got a good point because you don't even have to be the worst team to get the first pick. Uh, I mean, it's a lottery system, right? So like, right. They could finish bottom four or five, which I, I guarantee you they're not going to be out. They're well, not going to Chicago Blackhawks. You could jump from nine to two. But if the Chicago Blackhawks do tank and they get the first overall, like it, or if they're not the worst team in the league and they get the first overall pick, it's rigged. Absolutely. It's Edmonton rigged. all over again. Yeah, right. Getting three first round picks or first overall picks in like six years. That's just absolutely nuts. I mean, even the Rangers in 2020 were like the sixth worst team and they got the first pick. And they got Lafreniere. See, and I think that that could be tossed up as a fluke, or you know, the NHL wants their big markets to <laughs> rigged. <laughs> but <laughs> let's uh, enough about the Sharks. Let's move on to the Ducks. Uh, Anaheim Ducks back down I five, uh, California coast again. Uh, beautiful stadium that I've or stadium arena. I've been there by the way. You've been to the Honda Center on the inside. Oh, I've been to the pond, baby. Ooh, love it. Uh, seventh in the division last year, uh, 76 points. They were, uh, quite a ways out of contention for the playoffs. Um, Pat Verbeek is the GM and head coach Dallas Eakins. Uh, they're building up a nice spry young team with a ton of skill. Yeah. They got a lot of skill. That's damn right. A lot of skill. And, and, you know, they, they, they got a questionable, but, uh, probably bright future ahead of them. Uh, goal leaders, Troy Terry had 37, which I did not know until looking up. I forgot that he had 37. What a breakout season for Troy Terry. Yeah. Very, very good season for 
one of their multiple young superstars. Uh, Trevor Zegers had 23, <laughs> and in the notes here, he had including 17 Michigan attempts. <laughs> nice little egg there. Uh, and then uh, Adam Henrique uh, had 19 goals. As far as points go, uh, Terry also had 67 points. Zegers was 61, and uh, Henrique and Fowler had 42. Yeah, and again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the old man and like you know the get off my lawn and not all this skill shit. I'm not gonna be John Tortorella on ESPN Tortorella. last year, but you can't do that shit. Like you have to learn how to do. And I have this in my notes. Let's go through the goalies first and go through like you know their additions, subtractions. We'll get into like you know their whole makeup and everything. John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz. Yeah, Gibson's one of the best goaltenders in the league, by the way. Whoa. He's yes, he is. Big lane. I top ten, okay, top ten. I, I I think he's you know I I don't know a ton about Gibson, but I think like just from you know hearing all the names and everything, like I think he's one of those goaltenders that does the right things but doesn't go over the top. Isn't anything special. He's your vanilla goaltender that you're not gonna you know you know nobody's really gonna hate on him too much. One of the best goaltenders in the league. That's quite the claim. I think top 10, maybe even better than that. I mean, guy puts up numbers despite being on a team that can't, you know, keep anything out of the back of their own net. All right, so uh, pickups this year. Ryan Strom, uh, they got him from free agency. Frank Vitrano also came on over from free agency. And then uh, Nathan Beaulieu and Rocco Grimaldi. Shout out Rocco Grimaldi, a little little guy with gumption. The guy's probably five foot eight and then 180 pounds, but the guy can move. Great pickup. Oh, single thing about him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> key subtractions. Uh, gets left. He hung up his skates. Uh, what a great career for the young man, the old what, man. What a beauty. And I mean, the guy started balding when he was 24 years old, also. Like, I mean, the guy looked like a man <laughs> before. I, and you're talking about a guy that won a Stanley Cup, like in his first, I think it was his first full season with them he won a stanley cup with them so i mean a great veteran presence are definitely going to miss him in the locker room for oh, sure and then uh so zach aston reese also went away as well as sonny milano i didn't know he what happened with him they let him go and then sonny milano was actually on a pto with calgary and they released him from a pto as well so like you just can't find a home Wow, but, he like didn't he have a decent season with the Ducks last year? I mean, he had an all right season, yeah. And like the thing was, is like, yeah, he was on the highlight reels with Zegras and all this other stuff. But the uh, apparently reports coming out of Calgary, and I don't know anything about the Anaheim thing, but coming out of Calgary when they released him from his PTO has a lot of holes in his game that don't have to do with playing offense. So, you know, that's just. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you're playing for Calgary, you're not gonna. You're not gonna you're not gonna win over Daryl Sutter by doing skill and all kinds of weird shit. You know, you gotta do the yeah, right things. And maybe that's why I know him is from like the Zegris and and uh you know, the Zegris highlight reel and everything, but I don't know, he just seems like a name that is better than a PTO. Uh all right, and then um so besides, you know, the addition subtractions and the stats and everything, what else do you really gotta say about the ducks? An enigma, a a team that has a lot of talent, a lot of skill, like you said, but no identity and no direction. It just doesn't seem like, and this is no slight on 
you know, Pat Verbeek. Pat Verbeek hasn't even been there a full season yet. So, you know, let's see. Maybe he can turn some things around. But, uh, you know, losing Getzlaff, that's really going to hurt. That's going to hurt for their, you know, their identity and their character. The other thing is, it's like they're just, they, I don't see them being good defensively. Um, you know, John Gibson can only stop, you know, 45 to 50 pucks a night a few times before it probably gets old. There were a lot of talks about Gibson getting traded last year, you know, going to a team like Toronto or a team that really needed a goaltender. But the, it's a great team to watch. Like, they're going to be a great team to watch on TV. They're like, this is going to be a team that can, you know, bring in new fans. You know, they're going to have Zegers. So I think they're trying to make Zegers like kind of like into like one of the new faces of the NHL, which is good because he's going to bring in, you know, those young kids and, you know, all that stuff. But you can't win games in the playoffs and you can't win games down the stretch against tough teams doing stuff that you can do on NHL 23. That's just Zegers is not a bad face to have as the face of your franchise. That guy is quite the beauty. Did you see that photo shoot that he did with uh, NHL 23? Yeah, stroked off to it a few times, man. Come on. <laughs> he's, he's, a gorgeous <laughs> he's a gorgeous man, great hair, just great personality, just a, everything. Even like that video of him like rolling down in like that little like mini like little tykes car, like down, yeah. <laughs> down the locker room was pretty good. But to, to be honest, really, man, here, Gibson is like the new like he's the veteran guy. He's got to be the guy that leads and it's probably going to be tough for him to want to be the leader, if, you know, if he's getting shelled every single night. So. I mean, for a team that can't defend the common cold, they can score goals. So maybe that works out for them. We'll see. I just don't I, – I can tell you right now, I don't think they're a playoff team yet. They could get there. I just need to see what direction they're taking. I think this is a year where we find out, are we sticking with that kind of skill or are we going to change this up and bring in some guys who can really, you know, keep this team together? Because they're going to need more veterans if they want to make runs. I mean, yeah, they just don't have enough. That's what I was going to say was like their neighbors in L.A. Uh, they're they're pretty similar teams right now, except for the fact that they don't really have that veteran presence. They're both, you know, young, partially young team trying to come up with Anaheim being quite a bit younger. But, uh, you know, they're they're they've been in a dark spot for a few years and they they're trying to find a way back up. And with uh, Getsy retiring, you know, they don't have. That veteran presence, you know, who's your veterans? You got Gibson, you got Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, yikes, Adam Greek, <laughs> like, yeah, and and and, and not, not to mention they lost a guy like Josh Manson to Colorado. I mean, that that's a kind of guy that you need going down the stretch again. It's just like Dustin Brown, a guy that will stand up for his teammates, a guy who will block shots, who will do everything that a lot of these guys don't want to do. And I promise you, this team does not want to do half that stuff. They did, but I, I, I hope they prove me wrong. But middle of the road team in the Pacific is as far as I can be considered. And we'll, I want to see them do good because I think it, again, as much as it's good for the, like for the original six teams to be good in the league, I think it's also good for not non traditional markets like Anaheim, like LA, like San Jose. When they're good, it's also really good because that's how you bring in the new crop of fans. That's how you get more interest in the league. And it can only go up from there. So I hope the Anaheim Ducks take a forward progression this year. I just don't really see it happening. Probably a middle of the road team in the in the Pacific Division. They're going to be a fun team to watch. And uh, let's move on to our next uh, team, another middle of the road team, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Ninety two points last season for them. Uh, is that right? Ninety two points, but they yeah. still were fifth in the yeah. division. Uh, that's 
that's pretty uh, eye-opening. Uh, five points out of that second wild card spot. Um, just missing the playoffs. They had a good finish to the year last year, but just came short. Uh, Patrick Alvin is their GM, and uh, Bruce, there it is, Boudreaux. My uh, fucking favorite coach in the league to watch do media besides Daryl Sutter. He's awesome. Media darling, aren't you? Yeah, I just love Bruce Boudreau. He's awesome. All right, let's talk numbers. Uh, JT Miller and Elias Peterson had 32 each. Uh, Bo Horvat right behind him with 31. And uh, Brock Besser with 23. As far as points go, uh, Miller with 99 points, a sneaky 99. Yeah. Uh, Pedersen and Quinn Hughes with 68, and Bo Horvat with 52. Thatcher Demko and Spencer Martin are going to be uh, in the crease this year for them. Yeah, and this one I will say, Thatcher Demko is a – you can make a case that he's a top four goalie in the league. He oh, he was in, incredible down the stretch, man. He was amazing down the stretch, man. He's so good. And an American-born player, we love that. Same with John Gibson. But, yeah, yeah I think – I think a couple of the best goalies in the league play in the Pacific, if you're asking me, because there's another one in Calgary that's pretty good. John Gibson's pretty good. And, I mean, I would say that Thatcher Demko, if the, if the Olympics happened this year or this past year, he would have been the starter, not like not even an option, like not even a question at all. And I could make a case why Thatcher Demko is a top three to four goalie in the league easily. So I... I guess I'm getting really hot with I'm I'm stroking goalies off today like it's my <laughs> job. You're welcome, goalies. We won't get as detailed as Biz does whenever he starts talking about stroking guys off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no eye makeup is going to be talked about. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's go to the additions. Uh, you go ahead with this name because Ilya Mikheyev. Ilya Mikheyev from. Uh, okay, I do know that name came from uh toronto uh basically known as the guy who gets more breakaways than anyone in the league and who never hits the net when he's on a breakaway i mean the guy is just blazing fast and can't hit the fucking net and you know i don't know toronto might have made a mistake letting him walk but vancouver overpaid him he got four million dollars and the guy i don't know if the guy's ever scored 20 goals that's just it's the league we live it's the league we're in now and then they had curtis lazar who we talked about yesterday leaving boston and uh that's going to help them a lot. Curtis Lazar is again one of those. It's just another one of those character players, man. He does everything right. And this is a guy, Curtis Lazar, played on a line with McDavid, and I think it was either Robbie Fabry or Braden Point in the 2015 World Juniors. And Curtis Lazar, I think, was actually their point leader, if I'm not mistaken. He had more than McDavid. Wow. At one point. Can't say that now, but. That's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So. I'm I'm ready to move on, but it's up to you, man. You got you got some other stuff you want to say about this team? Yeah, just a couple things about Vancouver. It's it's a solid roster. You know, they had the thing with JT Miller last year. You know, wanting to be traded, and I think that had something to do with their former coach Travis Green. Um, but the blue line is a big question for me on that team. Not many big name players. I mean, you're talking what Luke Shen, um. And Quinn Hughes, who's who's amazing. He's a great defenseman. And then like Tyler Myers. Outside of that, not really seeing much. Uh, 
already went over Demko and how much I I I could stroke him off, you know, until the cows come home. Um, but the thing was, was with Bruce Boudreaux, this team did a complete 180. As soon as they fired Green, uh, they were 9-15-2 under Travis Green when he was fired. When Bruce Boudreaux took over, 32-15-10. That's how they ended up with 90, uh, 92 points. I mean, they were unstoppable. They just got so far behind in the beginning of the season, they just couldn't catch up. And I mean, again, they only missed the playoffs by what, five points? They finished better than Vegas did. <laughs> which is yeah you know whatever not a great not as great uh raw 15 and 10 that's that's quite the run especially you know you you see these teams get a new coach in the middle of the season like uh our 2019 stanley cup champion blues uh sometimes that's just a kick in the ass that they need you know like Brudro, he's he's not as far as i know he's not a very like hard on your guys kind of guy he's pretty soft-spoken uh you know, pats the guys on the butt whenever they do a good job. But, uh, you know, a little kick in the ass from a nice guy like that sometimes turns into a good thing. Yeah, he's 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 always got a reputation, as far as I know, about letting his skill players play. Like, not have like you know how we were talking about Barzell on the last episode and how maybe that guy's stuck in the wrong system. Bruce Boudreaux seems like a guy who kind of, like, molds his system around the players he has and says, here, you're good at this. Go do it. And we saw it with JT Miller. We got to see it out of Elias Pettersson. This is the last point. I love Petey. He's one of my favorite players to watch, has been since he came in in 2018. He could score 100 points easily every single year. And I think he was trending the right in the right direction going that way after Bruce Boudreaux took over. He just has to do it over a full season. If he's going and JT Miller's going, and, and another a, a big loss they did have was Tyler Mott, who we talked about yesterday. Um, they traded him last year at the deadline, but um, that's a big loss, but they need Pedersen to get going. And Brock Besser has to not get hurt. He's always hurt. I mean, this guy, he could score 30, 35 every year as well. So that's really what it depends on. I'll I'll let you know where I think they end up finishing. I think this is probably one of those teams that me and you are both like teetering, whether they're going to be a playoff team or not. Um, it's going to be a tough decision, but can we move on to a team that's a little bit easier to pick? Yeah, let's uh let's move just a little bit south of that across the border back into America, the Seattle Kraken entering their second season in the NHL. Uh 60 points last season. They did not get that beginner's luck like Vegas did back in 2016. Oh, you mean they don't pay for shiny toys whenever they first come out and, you know, all that? <laughs> they don't have to I don't think Vegas I don't think Vegas did that at the beginning. No, no, no quick jabs at the Eichel trade. Man. They didn't. I, I'll get to that. I will. Nope. 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 I'll remember that. <laughs> I'll put that in my notes. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, 60 points last year. Good for last in the division. Uh, Playoffs. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> there we go. You're there waiting we go. for it. No, no playoffs. Waiting for it. No playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> uh, I was just hoping we'd win a damn game. Yeah. Took them a while, especially in that uh home arena. But um yeah, so we'll just uh we'll remember the expansion of the Vegas Golden Knights and forget about the expansion year for the Kraken. Uh Ronnie Francis is gonna be GM and Dave Hextall coach. Uh let's talk points. Jared McCann had 27 goals. Yanni Gordon, Jordan Eberle, 
21, and Ryan Donato with 16 lead the team. Uh, as far as actual points go, McCann had 50 points. Wow, your leader in points had 50? Yeah. That's a yikes. That's a big yikes. Yanni Gord, a guy that uh, was much better down in uh, Tampa, should have been much better up here. And uh, Jordan Everlay, a guy that's just never really been able – all talk – Everybody's always talked about him, but never really been able to be a superstar player. Jordan Eberle with 44. Yeah, I think Eberle might have been tainted by all those really bad years in Edmonton. Just throwing that out there. That might have hurt him. He's got Taylor Hall disease. Exactly, yeah. They, they're they're <laughs> almost like brothers. But Taylor Hall can shoot the puck a little better. Uh, goalies, uh, Philip Grubauer and Chris Dreger. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Grubauer was really bad. I mean, it, like, dude, and he wasn't that bad. Where did he come from? Uh, Colorado. Uh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't that bad in Colorado, and then something. What what happens? Seattle had just made. He, he went to an expansion <laughs> team, and they couldn't stop the common cold. Like, I mean, he and but the thing was, is it wasn't just like, and I watched a lot of Seattle games because I wanted to actually like watch them and see how they were doing. And I remember just some of the goals that went in on him. I'm like, dude, that can't happen. That just can't happen. You can't do that. And it, to be honest, I think they kind of want that to happen. I think they're okay with that right now because they're not Vegas. Like they, they are building the team the way you're supposed to build it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's like, I guess, you know, uh, Colorado really makes their, Goalies look like superstars with that back end that they have. But, uh, yeah, Grubauer, that was quite a disappointing season. Um, so in the notes here, we got uh, Ron Francis is looking to make any way. He's not looking to make any waves with this team anytime soon, but uh, not going to make the same mistakes that Vegas made by winning as soon as possible and sacrificing the future. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, you're looking at I'm, look at the draft picks that they've gotten just in the last two years. You're talking Matty Beneers and Shane Wright, those two right there are huge. Like, you can go forward with those guys. And if you can keep guys to stay like Yanni Gord or Jaden Schwartz, um, uh, they weren't able to keep Wenberg, but he was a good piece for him too. But then, like, Jared McCann, you know, those 50 points, if they can get some more guys around them, you know, maybe that goes up to – we need you need a 65- to 70-point guy. You got to. I mean, having a, your leading point score have 50 – Maybe that's a good plan for your first year because you're trying to acquire draft picks and all that, but these guys got to step up. And um, they're going to be in the running. They're going to be a bottom feeder team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're not going to be good enough. They're I couldn't really tell you any of their defensemen they have, to be honest. I know they have Carson Soucy and uh, – <laughs> I mean, that's the, – yeah, we have Vince Dunn. I forgot about Vince Dunn. Um but other than that, I mean, this this is just a team that, again, they're an expansion team, and they're doing it the way that that Ron Ronnie franchise thinks that they need to build this from the ground up and take a page out of Vegas's book and rip it the fuck out and never see it again. And, and hopefully that you know that's what happens. It's it was exciting to get another new team in the league. Finally, have uh, even thirty two teams in the league. So you know you'd like to see this bright young child blossom into a beautiful flower. Oh, yeah. Love that. Love that analogy. So cute. <laughs> Child and flower. Yeah, I don't know how well that works out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I think I think all young children do blossom into flowers at some point, Joe. Great. <laughs> bio, point. Pay attention in biology, this guy. 
Yeah, I don't even pay attention to my kids, so let, let <laughs> let's move northeast. Let's cross over the border again, uh, back up to the Red Hot Flames. Winners of the division with 111 points. Uh, yes, they made the playoffs. Uh, didn't go so well for them in the playoffs when the battle of Alberta came back. They got Second McDavid. Round, they got McDavided. <laughs> Second round came, and it was the round that everybody was hoping for. Uh, you know, under the lights in in both Calgary and Edmonton, the northern, the northern Canada, big old brawl, and uh, the Oilers and McDavid just wiped the floor with them. Four it took a shit on them. Yeah, I mean, and again, Drysaddle played on a hurt leg, and him and McDavid just went banana sandwich on these guys. They just went off. Yeah. And 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 the division winners, you know, Kachuk and uh, Johnny Johnny G could not really muster out a way to get uh, better than McDavid and Drysdale. True. Uh, so Brad Tree Living and uh, the Goat Daryl Sutter gonna be back for the team again this year. Here, uh, Joe, let me get, let me give you a, let me give you a thing that like ask me how the team played tonight, and I'll give you a Daryl Sutter answer. Hey, uh, Daryl Sutter. Uh, on the game out there tonight, how'd they play? Good. Got a game tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk then. That's a Daryl Sutter quote. And I don't know why I love it so much. It's just like, they'll be like, hey, Daryl, like, what do you think about your lineup changes? He's like, I haven't made any lineup changes. Do you know of any? <laughs> like, it's just so great. He's awesome. A farm boy at heart. And uh, he's just, he's great. I love the guy. And I mean, he's got like 15 brothers, so maybe he just could never get a word in. So he's used to just not talking too much right <laughs> yeah good point uh all right so let's talk stats uh maddie chuck who obviously is no longer with the team 42 goals uh elias lindholm had 42 johnny gaudreau another guy no longer with the team 40 and uh andrew mangiapane with 35 uh on a side note um i wanted to say that we're their addition would fit in. Uh, Jonathan Huberto had 30 last year with Florida. So, you know, they're they're not getting quite the same goal scoring that they got last year, but he's he's going to be a good addition. We'll talk a little bit more about him in the additions. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as points go, Johnny Hockey had 115 and Chuck 104. Two 100-point guys that are gone from the team. That's, that's hard to swallow. Um, and then Elias Lindholm, they're – current point leader uh with 82 uh and as i said with huberto having 30 one thing that you're not missing out on is assist jonathan huberto had 115 points so what's the math on that he had six seventy five assists 85 yeah. assists 85 85 that's crazy dude that's uh, yeah an unreal season and i I don't know if he can do it again without a guy like Gaudreau or Kachuk on his wing, but I, there's no reason to say he can't after that season. All right, and then, uh, like you said earlier, uh, the team with maybe one of the best, maybe the best goaltender in the NHL, maybe not, but uh, Jacob Markstrom and uh, Daniel Flader, Flatter? I don't even know. Daniel Vladar. Oh, that's Vladar? Oh, yeah. Oh, do I have a typo there? Yeah, yeah, you spelled okay. his name wrong. It's okay. We we forgive you for it. It's okay. The listeners will forgive. Vlad, Vlad the Impaler is what they were calling him last year. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know if that's the greatest greatest nickname that you could give someone, but we'll go with it. Sure. We'll call him Vlad, Vlad the Impaler is what I'm going with for the rest of the year. <laughs> all right. Uh, you you want to speak on them at all, or you want me to go through the additions and subtractions? I'll just say Jacob Markstrom's he's Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, Jacob Markstrom. Those are the top three in the league. And if I really wanted to, I could try to squeeze in Jacob Markstrom and Thatcher Demko on the same wavelength, but we'll go with Markstrom, top three goalies in the league. So Jacob Markstrom is, he's elite. He's that guy. Got to look out for, for your fantasy team. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. As we talked about earlier uh, with the pickups, uh, Johnny Huberto uh, and Mackenzie Weir, I didn't mention his name yet, but um yeah, two guys that are going to come in in place of uh, Chuck and Johnny Hockey. And then, uh, well, maybe not Mackenzie Weger, but uh, one guy that they did try to replace those guys with is uh, Nazem Kadri, uh, the big free agent from Colorado. This was his landing spot, and uh, he got paid. Yeah, and rightfully so. I think this is a guy that has played the right way his whole career, and I think this is the perfect fit for a guy like him. And he is going to give McDavid issues like when they play, cause they play what five, six times a year. And McDavid has never really been great against, uh, against Kadri. And, um, I, I just don't see it being any, I don't think he's going to get 87 points like he got last year. I think that's what he got like upwards of 85, 87, something like that. I don't think he gets that. But I think he's more valuable. They use his role right. He's going to be Daryl. He's going to be a Daryl Sutter wet dream, is what he's going to be. He's going to be great. Yeah, I, I just whenever you're playing against Calgary, watch out for your superstar goaltender, man. Yeah, Markstrom. Yeah, keep your head on a swivel when he's out there. <laughs> All right, uh, you ready to move on to Edmonton? Yeah, and the only thing I'll say about Calgary, like one more thing, like real, one real quick thing is like I think that they're one of the top dogs. It just depends on how they get over not having two 100-point guys. I think Lindholm can do it. I think he can he can keep that going. He's a great player, great two-way, and then you have Kadri and Huberto. Um, might see a little bit of a dip, but there's no reason this team shouldn't be one of the top two or three. I'd probably say top two in the division. All right, and with that, we'll move uh, over to the other team in this battle of Alberta, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, yes, McKees thank you. Team. Time for uh, to put to get the blanket out. Zach can cover oh, everything up. I have a box of tissues sitting right next to here, <laughs> and I was watching. I watch McDavid highlights whenever I get bored, and I really need to like if I screw Viagra. If I need to get it up, <laughs> give me a give me a Connor McDavid highlight reel, and I will be. Ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, the, and another thing that's going to be ready to go is the Edmonton Oilers. 104 points last year, uh, second in the Pacific, right behind Calgary. Uh, they made the playoffs last year, and they did their job. They 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 did a really good job getting to that uh, third round, but then they ran into some trouble. Uh, they got past uh, the Battle of Alberta, Calgary Flames in the second round. And then just ran into that freight train with the Colorado Avalanche team. Uh, lost 4 nothing, got completely swept. Uh, Ken Holland's back as the GM, d- doing a great job with this team. And Jay Woodcroft is the head coach. Who was voted the number one. Or him, him and Derek Lalonde were either one or two 
one of them we talked about Lalonde yesterday, but he was on that list of most handsome coaches in the league. No, I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, Jay Woodcroft's a great coach. He's awesome. Something about that list, I heard that it might be a, it's a troll job. Order list, yeah, <laughs> troll <laughs> job. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some stats. Uh, oh God, this is fifty-five a, this... goals. Great year for him. Uh, McJesus with forty-four. Uh, Zach Hyman with 27 and Evander Kane with 22. Great pickup by them, uh, you know, in the early parts of the season, too. Basically a free trade deadline acquisition. Acquisition. 100%. And he was, and I hate him. He was stellar for them last year. Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. He's a great player. Great pickup for him. Fucking hate him, though. Uh, (laughs) As far as points go. McJesus, uh, 123 smackaroonies. That's, that's, that's a lot of points. And dare I say it, I think he might have more in the tank this year. Maybe. Uh, Drysaddle had 110, and then the big old drop off to third place, Zach Hyman with 54, and uh, RNH with 50. Uh, yep. Talk about a team that's making it work with two guys. Two guys and yeah, well, everything. The uh, two guys, the two best players in the uh, debatably. I mean, McDavid is the best player in the world, and Leon Drysaddle. One bar none. Yeah, and Leon Drysaddle is an. Uh, I mean, some people probably wouldn't put him in the top five, but I borderline top five. Yeah. Yeah, he's easily he's easily top six. If you give me a top six, Drysaddle's in there. All right, and then uh, I, who was your goalie last year? They had Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, and yeah. they change it over and go get Jack Campbell, which I think is a great move. No, I think that's a fantastic move. You, Mike Smith, uh, he did good for them last year, you know, for his age, being one of the oldest players in the entire league. Uh, he he did his job. He did a good job. And uh, but Jack Campbell, man, that the guy had a great season last year. And then uh, Stuart Skinner is going to be backing him up. I think that's this is going to work for them. I think it's going to work out real well. Uh, Jack Campbell did a great job in Toronto, and I don't know a ton of yeah. I mean, I don't know much about Skinner, but I will say this about Campbell: um, Jack Campbell was absolutely stellar through January when the All Star break happened, and he was in the All Star game. You know, all hyped up. He wasn't very good down the stretch at all. Like he was pretty average. And I mean, he was hurt. I think I know he got hurt for a little bit down the stretch as well. But the thing that you have to wonder, and the thing is, it's good for Edmonton because they haven't had a goalie like this, I don't think, like a really highly touted goalie in a long time. I really couldn't tell you the last time they had one that was like, like on this level. But the thing is, is you got to know which one you're getting. You're hoping you're getting that Jack Campbell from October through the middle of January of last year. Um, yeah, I mean, you're playing on a team with, go ahead. Wasn't, um, Markstrom their goalie a few years back? No, he played for Vancouver. Okay. never mind. Yeah. We'll edit that out. <laughs> no, we're no, keeping that in. We're keeping that in. <laughs> we're, we, we, we're learning here. We're learning we're here, here, guy. And, uh, like basically the thing is, is this team's going to score a lot of goals. You have the two, be- two of debatably one of the best players in the world and the absolute best player in the world mcdavid this year i'm i'm putting it i would put a bet on it right now 135 plus 135 how motivated do you think he's going to be after losing 
in the conference finals last year and finally getting a taste of what it's like. These guys are going to be ready to go, ready to roll, as Stu Finer would say, ready to roll. <laughs> Get the mulch. <laughs> yeah. The mulch is here. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about McDavid getting 135 points. That's great. That's a regular season. Yeah, he'll tear it up. What I think needs to happen is uh, your best player in the NHL needs to win Stanley Cups, and that needs to happen soon. And I don't know what the future of this team looks like, but right now this team's hot. They have the keys, and let's see them win a Stanley Cup. I, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see them make a run. And this is – it's honestly – it's my it's my other favorite team to watch, and obviously it's because of McDavid. But I've always kind of liked the Oilers ever since Gretzky was there and, like, knowing the history. I mean, imagine what the city of Edmonton is going to be like if they win a cup with, with them in there. I mean, Dreisaitl and McDavid are now like Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier from back in the day, and they just need the cups. Like, they're that good. They're that – like, they're already – going to get their jerseys retired if they stay and they're going to get statues if they stay like they're they're that good already and these guys are both hall of fame players already the only thing that they are missing are stanley cups and i do not want to see i don't want to talk about in 10 12 years or 15 years about you know some of the best players to not win a stanley cup or name leon drysidle and Connor mcdavid i would hate that it's just going to be so good for the league he's the face of the league trevor zegers is one of the guys they're trying to be you know, trying to bring in as one of the new faces. McDavid is that guy. Everyone, if you go to a hockey game and you take, like, let's just say you take someone that's never been to a game before, there's a few players that you can you can tell, like, if you take a, someone to a Blues game and they're playing Edmonton or they're playing Colorado, you could be like, hey, watch 97, watch 29 on Colorado. Those guys are good. Or, like, you probably wouldn't even have to tell them. They'd just be like, yeah, that guy's really good. Those guys have it. Yeah, like, and they, I mean, they're complete X factors. And I, we don't have to stroke McDavid off because he already gets it enough. The thing that sucks with Drysidle that I feel for him for is that he's kind of in that Evgeny Malkin stage where he's 100%. kind of, yeah, he's kind of overshadowed, right, by, by McDavid. And I think we kind of get McDavid. McDavid could win the MVP every single year. Like, let's be honest. But I think the media kind of gets this McDavid fatigue and they're going to start giving it to other people. But he's, to me, he's got to be top two in voting every year. Could you imagine if McDavid played for Toronto? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> oh, my God. We would they never would, see would, the end of it. He would get every award there is, even if he didn't meet the criteria to win the award. He would it's like, how many points the, did he get this year? 86? Yeah, MVP. <laughs> right. He would, <laughs> he would get the art uh, the Rocket Richard with scoring. How many did he have? 44? Just yeah. give it to him. Yeah, Ovi got 60, but you know what? McDavid got 44, and he plays in Toronto. So, yeah, good point. I like that. Basically, the only thing is is it depends on if McDavid and Dreisaitl can stay healthy. I think there's a couple other guys that, you know, Zach Hyman was a huge addition. Great move uh, to go get him. He's perfect. Uh, apparently, they're trying to move Jesse Pugliarvi, which apparently there is no market for him, which I don't blame them. He's not the greatest. But he does okay when he's playing with McDavid. I could score 30 goals playing on McDavid's line, though. Let's be honest. Like, anybody could. Matt, Pat Maroon scored, like, 28 goals when he was on his line. Oh, my God. Legendary. Legend. Legendary and I, season for the big rig. So, the the thing that I have is, it's basically, it's, can Jack Campbell play steady? Because all you got to do is give them average goaltending, and you'll be fine. Like, give them, 
Give me a save percentage between 898 and 910 on most nights and stop the ones you need to stop. And then McDavid and Dreisaitl will do the rest and it's, they'll be fine. It's not a problem. I like 898 to 910. That's that's fine and dandy for the regular season. They'll get to the playoffs that way. No problem. But the question is playoffs like they're we, we both know that they're a playoff team. But where. Where can Jack Campbell get them in the playoffs? Can he get them past Colorado? Can he get them past St. Louis? Can he get them past Minnesota? I guess we'll wait and find out. Uh, we'll find out. Okay. I'm, Vegas? Yes. Yes. I've been waiting for this right. one. Uh, bring the hammer down. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. We're in the desert now. It's hot. Uh, Zach's getting hot. He's ready to take his shirt off. He's so hot and angry hot, about this team. Hot right and bothered, my friend. <laughs> points last season 94 points not not a bad regular season they did not finish it out well though fourth in the division they did not make the playoffs l l laugh uh they missed the wild card spot by just three points yeah i mean okay so they didn't finish better they did finish better than vancouver but still only by you know two points yeah uh, do you remember, like, they were pretty much locked for, like, a playoff spot, you know, with maybe 10 games remaining or something, and then they just and they blew fell it. apart. They blew yeah, it. they blew it. You blew it! You blew it! Yeah. Way uh, to go, George McPhee. Yeah, George McPhee, the GM there, and then uh, Bruce Cassidy, he's coming over from Boston. That is a That is the one thing that I'm really, really excited about with this team, is that they brought in a new coach who we know can win, Brought Boston to a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, playoff success. Can it work with these guys, though? It's just the roster construction. But I think that is a really good, I think that's a great move for them getting Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, like, baffled about the Pete DeBoer firing. And, you know, it's like. Joe, this team has a rich history of treating its players like shit who have given it everything to them it's, and it's, it's coaches crazy like what they're doing to this team like the, there's no I, I guess maybe because it's such a new team but there's no like loyalty there's no yeah lo- i guess loyalty is the word there like what a what a shocker that was last year uh let's hope uh let's hope uh uh bruce cassidy can turn things around there uh, as far as goals go, uh, Marshall Show had 30 goals, uh, Chandler Stevenson with 21, and Dadnov only had 23 this 20 is a, goal scorers. This is a problem. When your leading goal scorers are not Jack Eichel, when they're not Mark Stone, and when they're not Pacioretty, not fault of his own, he's hurt and he's gone now. But that's a problem. You can't have these guys finishing. These are your second, sometimes third third line guys. You You cannot have those guys be your top players. That's all I'll say about that. Don't forget about uh, Bill the Thrill Carlson. Like, uh, he's, he had, you know, that fantastic 2016 season. Uh, he definitely hasn't been as good as he was that season, but he, he's got to be better too. Uh, I, I know he, didn't he have like quite a bit of an injury bug last year? Yeah. I mean, the whole team did. Like, I'll give them a pass on that. A lot of their players were hurt. You know, Jack Eichel didn't play until I think January. So part of the team for quite a while. Right. Yeah. Uh, So as far as points go, Marshall show led that there too with 66 Stevenson, 64 and Shea Theodore with 52. Uh, 
goalies. Uh, so Robin Leonard is going to be their star goalie, but uh, not this year. On the bench. With, uh, yeah, yeah. Down with the hip surgery. So then uh, <laughs> they're going to one of your favorite guys, Aiden Hill and Ugh. Logan Thompson. And I cannot believe that Paul Bissonette picked Logan Thompson to be in the voting for the Vesno. What a fucking joke. That is absolutely what? the that is the worst take I've ever heard. He he said something like, Oh, he's gonna he's gonna be top five in Vesna voting. Are you shitting me with it, Logan Thompson? I mean, I get I don't want to shit on him because it, it, I mean, God, that's an awful take, but we don't know anything about Logan Thompson. We know yeah, nothing about him. Guy? I don't even know anything about him. So what, how can we really be saying that? And I mean, I didn't, we didn't even put the su- additions and subtractions on here. Really the main addition that we have, the subtraction is Pacioretty and the big addition is Phil Kessel. I mean, that's big, but Phil's over the hump. Like he's, I really don't know if Phil is going to be that good here. Is, is he one of those guys that they're bringing in mainly for the veteran presence and, you know, hopefully to get some goals out of him? But it's gotta I don't be. know how much, like, Phil's an awesome guy. I'm sure he's a great locker room guy, but, like, what's his leadership role? Like, he's always been kind of a... A disruptor. A, a, a meme, you know? Like, yeah. He's been <laughs> in the NHL. Like, yeah. Like, I, lo- I love Phil. He's, he's awesome entertainment, but... That's kind of all he is. He eats a lot of hot dogs, scores a handful of goals from all over. I'll give him that. But, like, why? Why? what was the point of bringing him in? And I can't remember where I heard it, but someone else had a take that he's going to score 30-plus, and I was like, that is just not going to happen. He just doesn't He doesn't move well enough to do that anymore. Put Unless he's going to score 25 on the power play, he's not doing that. And, and put him on a line with Eichel, and maybe, but is he good enough to play with Eichel? I don't know. Like I just don't. I I I don't see it. And the reason I wanted to get to this team is this is a team like you pointed you pointed it out perfectly. No loyalty to anybody. We're talking about a team. Do you realize that they traded away Nick Suzuki after drafting him, and then oh, they traded away Cody Glass, trade that was. Who, who was also traded right after he was drafted by Vegas, was traded away, and then. Uh, I mean, the the whole Mark Andre Fleury thing was terrible. I mean, one of the most respected guys in the league, and you're going to treat him like that, kick his ass, you know, kick him in the ass while you know on the way out the door. Make him go to Chicago. I mean, dude, that's yeah. that's just really bad. I love that meme that I, his agent made whenever like the sword, the Vegas Gold Knight sword, was like going through him, and he's like, "Yeah, this is how I feel." And I, I hey, I. And then they also, you said the thing with Pete DeBoer, like they were not doing terrible whenever they got rid of him. They just got rid of him and he put everything he had into it and he just kind of took a shit right on whatever he did. And this team is the, it, I don't know if it's George McPhee because George McPhee was a great GM whenever he was with the Washington Capitals before. And then coming over to Vegas, I think this is more of an ownership thing. They want to be the next best team. And granted, they did great that year. And oh, let's not forget they got rid of Alex Tuck to get Jack Eichel. That's fine. But it's a team that is always interested. It's like a taking a fucking kid into a, a, a Toys R Us 
and they see this really nice shiny toy and they're like, oh, I got to have that. And then you take them in next week. Like, well, I want this. Well, we just bought you one last week. We just got a star player last week. You really need another one. We're going to overpay for that one. It's probably not going to work in three months. And that's exactly what Vegas is. Toys R Us, that's the mecca of toy stores that those are even a thing anymore. For oh, I meant, listeners. sorry, Amazon is Amazon. what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I meant Amazon. <laughs> but, I mean, really, it's just a team that's fascinated with any any big name that's out there. Like, they're in on, they're always in on them. because. And I'm like, what are you going to give away? You're going to give away every first-round pick you have? I don't know if they even have any. If they even picked in the first round in the last three years, probably not. I guarantee you they probably haven't. Didn't look it up. Didn't prepare. But they just trade those draft picks, baby. Let's get that shiny toy. Yeah, and then not make the playoffs or get eliminated. I mean, it just it hasn't worked for him yet, and I don't see it working for him either. I do think that Jack Eichel is going to have a really good season, though. And if he's going, it, it and if Mark Stone's healthy, I love Mark Stone. Mark Stone's a great player. Uh, I I want to see him. Different do. feelings about Mark Stone, by the. You don't like Mark Stone. No, fuck Mark Stone. Uh, oh, who, who did he injure on the Blues a couple of years ago? Oh, uh, that was uh, Falk. Uh, uh, oh, no, that yeah, was... Falk. No, no, that was Kadri. Kadri did that. Remember, Kadri was the one that did that. Of, I'm not thinking of Sunquist. Anyway, he injured somebody a few years ago. I don't really care. It's oh, that. Bozak. It was Bozak. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gave him a concussion. Ma- massive concussion. Yeah, um, right. So, I, I'll say this about Eichel really quick. I think he's got something to prove this year. Like he does. He he was looking for something to prove that whole time he was in Buffalo, uh, but didn't have the artillery, we'll say, with him to uh to make it happen. Now he's actually got a team with some skill and uh, you know, some promise, hopefully, but uh you know that 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 crazy ordeal that was going on in Buffalo with him and that whole surgery thing and you can't have the surgery that you want like what a joke like why not just give the guy the surgery it's already been proven to work over you know in other leagues yes it's the first one ever in the nhl but it was proven to work i believe in the nfl and proven to work Mm -hmm. i believe in the nba and just let the guy have the surgery there's doctors that said they would do it they've done it before it's been successful let the guy do it. What a shocker. I, I think he's got something to prove this year is all I'll say. Yep. Well, that ends the Pacific Division. Now let's get into our uh, where we think each team is going to finish and who makes the playoffs. So I'll let you start. Give us your list in order and tell us the playoff teams that you got here. You got a different winner of the Pacific. The Oilers, McJesus takes them to the top. And I'll stay right behind them with the Calgary Flames. I just think they're a little bit worse this year I, I still think they're a great team I, and you know almost cup contenders uh but yeah just not quite as good as the Oilers the Oilers are going to be a stellar team this year um and then we'll go to my third team like I said uh the team has something to prove and uh their star player has something to prove Jack Eichel they're back in the playoffs this year they're taking okay. the third spot okay uh then uh, nothing's changing with the wild card. We're keeping the or no, the Kings finished third last year. But uh, yeah, I think Vegas is gonna climb over the Kings and then uh, send the Kings down to the wild card. I think they're a for sure playoff team. I just think Vegas is gonna have a bit of a resurgence. Um, 
And then we'll go to fifth. So I only have four teams from the Pacific making it. So okay. they peak to the Central, only four teams over there. Uh, the Canucks, they're going to be close, uh, maybe for that wild card two spot. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't think they're quite there yet. I don't think they're quite ready. Uh, not far behind the Canucks is the Ducks. Um, we Like we said earlier, they're, they're a young team. They got a lot of skill, but they got a lot of – developing in these young guys to do uh then uh the kraken are gonna be in seventh wow the sharks wow you have the sharks in last i thought our i thought our lists were gonna be semi-similar but they're not like they're just they're not i like that list though it's it's a little bit of like you know if we had money on it it'd be like pretty risky i don't know if i would have made some of these picks but uh yeah i think vegas got embarrassed last year uh it was kind of a a carnival type season you know just a lot of a lot of shenanigans going on and i i really think they're gonna turn around but who knows a lot of mickey moss type shit going on over there okay oh hey (laughs) (laughs) jesus all right um I have the same in the first spot. I have the Oilers winning the division this year, and I do yeah. have the Flames second. Um, like I said, or like you said, regression a little bit for the Flames, but not enough to like make a huge difference. I think, I mean, 115 points, they're not going to get that. I think there's still 100-plus easily, but I just don't think. I think McDavid has, and, and Dreisaitl, like I said, they got that taste. I think they win the division, and I think they go pretty far. If I had to make a bet on it, I think they go to the cup final this year too. Um, maybe, Ooh. yeah, maybe. I think I think I could see Edmonton doing it this year. They got a taste, and they got a better goalie who's not forty nine thousand years old, so that would help. Uh, so yeah, Oilers, Flames, and second, um, and then third. I hated doing this. I got the Vegas Golden Knights making the playoffs in that third spot. So I do I do agree with you there. As much as I trashed them and said they have no loyalty, the roster is still good. It's still a decent roster, and they. But the only thing is, is the goaltending. That's the only thing that's a question. We'll see how Mr. Vezina, top five in Vezina voting, Logan Thompson might change my mind. Um, and then I have the, so that's my, I have three playoff t- or the three division leaders right there. And then fourth, getting that wild card spot. Or no, I have no, I only have three teams. So that's the playoff cutoff. No the Kings. Can, no Kings. No I have Canucks. the, I have the Canucks in fourth, not making the playoffs. And then I have the Kings next at fifth. The Ducks, the San Jose Sharks, and then I have the Seattle Kraken in the eight hole in the eighth spot. And and we'll talk like I'll say with the Sharks and the Kraken, that's a battle for the bottom. Like I I, I don't think right. the Kraken are going to be very good. But yeah, I I think the Sharks have just been deteriorating, and it's you know a crumbly mess at the end. Uh, yeah, I mean I could I honestly think I could see that happening just because of like the trajectory of their roster, like you said, as compared to the Kraken, they're a little bit younger going upwards. So maybe you're right about that. I just I still think Seattle's just not good enough to beat even some of the bad teams in that division. And so like I know it's been a trend, you know, for quite a few years leading up to this year that like the central division almost always has five teams that make it. They take both wild card spots almost every year. Uh but man, I, I I'm pretty surprised that uh and to even have them in fifth place, the Kings, like I'm surprised that you don't have them uh making the playoffs. I have them fairly easily getting that first wild card spot. 
And the only reason I did that was because I don't believe that Jonathan Quick is going to stay healthy this year. As much as I don't want that to happen, I just don't see it. I, I, is a problem. Yeah, and the Canucks. I mean, as as good as Demko is, I really, I just don't think that those bottom five teams are good enough to really warrant getting a playoff spot. I could be wrong. I could change that. I'm not going to backtrack. But go ahead. His history agrees with you. Like I said, Central with five, that's that's a pretty common thing. And uh, so I guess we'll just wait and see. Yeah. And I again, I have five teams in the Central as well. So, I mean, that's it's no surprise to a lot of people. But, I mean, this the Central is just so loaded. So let's go ahead and do the Central. Now, again, we're going to do every team except for the Blues. We'll, we'll save that. We're going to tease that for you. We'll call that a tease in the biz. Uh, we'll do that uh, for a later episode, but let's start um, with that. What's the first team that you got on the list for the uh, Central Division? You want to start with this team? This is quite the banger of a team to start out with. Are we starting with the Stanley Cup champs? No, we are not. Oh. <laughs> we are starting with the Beantown, the Chicago Blackhawks. Did you just call Chicago Beantown? Beantown, they got the Bean, brother. The Bean Town's Boston. What are you talking about, Bean Town? Wow! But it, yeah, you're right. don't they like? Right. Don't people in Chicago like hate when out of towners call it the Bean? Isn't it called like something else? And they oh, they like as the Bean. I've always called it the Bean, but I thought I heard on like some some show they're like that's what tourists call it. That's what tourists call it. It's like, hey, guess what? Your fucking team stinks. All your all your sports teams stink. I don't care. I'll call it whatever I want. We own you. I'm like Aaron Rodgers with the bet with the Chicago Bears. I own you. The second most populated city in America, and uh, you guys have more sports teams than almost every other city in America, and all of them stink. The Bears, they stink. The Blackhawks, they stink. The Cubs stink. The White Sox stink. The Bulls, I, do the Bulls even exist anymore? Have they? I know. Since like '98. <laughs> like really like I, I didn't even know anyone played there after michael jordan played there to be honest right exactly all right let's dive into them uh 68 points last season that's good for seventh in the central uh well did they make the playoffs absolutely not it's a very very dark time to be a chicago blackhawks fan we're talking like dark in the and i don't know if you know this but like there was a time in the mid-2000s like the early to mid 2000s, right before those cup runs started, and they got like Kane and all that. They weren't even televising their games, and they might be at that point again. Like it, they're that bad. And and as far as you know, televising, like so, I know that they had like that record for like sellout games and like traveling sellout games, like as the away team when they were when they were winning when they were winning what is this looking like now like that the, all these uh diehard chicago blackhawks fan lifelong chicago blackhawks fans uh the only thing they knew how to say was uh three cups in six years three and six three and six. First off you didn't even know that they had any cups before those three cups and where are you guys at now? Oh, yeah, you put your Cubs uniforms back on. You want to piss a Chicago Blackhawks fan off really bad? I actually, like, I, I, I'm i not super proud of it. I'm a little proud of it, but not. Can, can I can I guess what you're going to say to ask them? Yeah. Ask them who their captain was before. Yes, yes. Do you know who it was? No, I don't, I don't remember. I, I've known the answer before, but I forgot it. It was Marty LaPointe. 
yeah, that's right. everyone in a stir like this one guy at a bar like we were we were absolutely you know we were we had a few and i was just like oh you're a real you're a real blackhawks fan right who was your last captain while i'm sitting there with my phone in my pocket i'm like uh, let me make sure i got this right and he's like <laughs> yeah it was uh it was uh eric daze or something like that like someone that played in like the 90s and i was like wrong try again gave him like two more guesses and i was like it was marty the point idiot and he was just like, huh? <laughs> he just got so mad. And I'm like, yeah, you've only known that the team existed since 2009. That's that's the only time that you've understood. And honestly, right now, if I were a Blackhawks fan, what's it going to look like right now in their stands? Paper bags with holes cut in them. Yeah, Maybe not, because they probably don't even want to watch the game. They're like, oh, I got these tickets for free. I'm just going to put a bag over my head. I really don't want... Can you imagine taking a girl to a Blackhawks game for your first date? And be like, this team sucks. If you like this team... I know you don't like winners. This is bad. This is not going well. Right. 100%. What a what a change that this that that Stan Bowman burned this team to the ground. You know that meme with the girl. Yeah, he took all the credit for all those cups too. But yeah, go ahead with your meme. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. He, he, you're right. He, he took all the credit for those cups. I believe that he got into the organization the year that they won that first cup. Am I like? It might have been like that year or the year before. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you have no credit in building that team. That team was built for you, and, you know, quite a team it was, but hated him. Uh, but he was basically it. the meme of, like, that, you know, that of the girl that's standing next to the house fire and, like, smiling as it's burning down, you know, giving, like, that dirty look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's him on the way out. Like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to trade Panarin for Sod. I'm going to go back and try to get marion hosa or not marion hosa i'm gonna try to go get andrew shaw again what a great move that was and then just making the most asinine move signing seth jones to a ridiculous contract i mean what a bad move that just it's one after another and you know what i'm not even i'm not giving them any sympathy you got your three cups the only people i do feel bad on this team for are kane and taves like it really does suck for them mm. feel bad for them all you want i don't uh, now, <laughs> this new GM, Kyle Davidson, uh, tell me, where did he come from uh, and when, when did he take over the Rams as GM? I think he took over last year, but I'm not exactly sure where he came from. I really don't know. Um, okay. And then they also got a new coach, too. They got Luke Richardson. All right. I, I don't know much about him. Uh, now, this Kyle Davidson guy, so he he's responsible for this disaster of an offseason that they had. I mean, I like... I don't know what else you could do with it, but let, let's talk about some of these. Uh, let, let's talk a little stats real quick. Um, their goal leader last year was Alex DeBrinkett with 41. He gone. Uh, Patty Kane uh, had 26, and Dylan Strom, another guy, he gone, 22 goals, and then uh, Brandon Hagel with 21. He gone. Oh, Hagel's gone too? Tampa. Oh my god! He was on the run with Tampa, and they got rid of Kirby Doc. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's another name. Yeah, the he, he, I guess he didn't top the points list, but yeah, go ahead. The only explanation I have for this is that Stan Bowman is still pulling the strings and being like, "Fuck this team up even more because they fired me." It has to. The ghost of Stan Bowman is still haunts the hallways there at the. Uh, what's the name of the arena? The United the, Center. Yeah, the United Center getting dragged off an airplane uh, so as far as points go 
Uh, what, what a what a ricochet shot you just gave to United Airlines. Jesus. Yeah, well, 100%. <laughs> you think they want to be associated with a team that bad either? Come on. Don't I'll bring them into this. So, <laughs> damn it. We'll go <laughs> into the points. Uh, Kaner had had another good season, 92 points. Uh, their guy, Alex Brinkett, that should have been a future leader of this team, uh, had 78. And then uh, Seth Jones, their superstar defenseman, had 51. Uh, we kind of forgot to add in our uh, notable additions and subtractions. Uh, let's I know they off the top of your head. I know that one of the big pickups was Andreas Athanasiu, really fast guy. And I only knew that because I was watching the game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, excuse, yeah, some some name like that. I would call him AA. How about that? Um, and probably what he's going to need after this season's over because he's probably going to drink himself to death. Um, subtractions, we just talked about him. Kirby Doc, uh, Alex Debrinkit. I mean, right there, and Dylan Strom. I mean, what are you doing? And this is why I say I feel I don't feel bad like for Kane and Taze, but I do feel for them. When they're because I mean they've publicly and Kane really hasn't come out publicly, but it's more Taves. He's like, what is going on? Like you guys have no respect for us at all. And, well, I mean, and that, that's what I was gonna say. That kind of like alludes back to Vegas a little bit. Like, where's the loyalty in this team? I, I guess it's all being paid to Kaner and Taves. But like even even them, like Kane's like, well, I don't think I want to be here, and I don't think he's gonna be here after this year. I think Taves. Yeah, go ahead. I think neither of these guys are here are in Chicago by January. I think Kane sees enough of it and says, I want to go. Kane is going to end up in New York, or if he's not with the Rangers, he's going to end up with Buffalo back in his hometown. Yeah. And I think Buffalo would be a good fit for him. You know, they're a team on the rise. Uh, and yeah, like you said, that's his hometown where he beat up a cab driver, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Alleged, then, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, whatever. And allegedly did some other stuff too, but we're not going to get into that either. Uh, she said no, Patrick. <laughs> Do you remember those chants going through? After yeah, that, but after you know, that. I'm on I'm on his side here. Like, I mean, obviously, like it, it was settled and everything, but I mean, God, for that story to even come out was yeah, was nuts. I, that was like at the beginning of the cancel culture before, like everybody really had a grasp on like all these made up stories that everybody's going through now. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. We went a little too deep into that. Uh, one more addition that uh, popped into my head. Uh, Seth Jones is a uh, younger brother, I believe. Caleb Jones. He yep. joined the team this year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And is I, I know Seth Jones is a defenseman. Is Caleb also? Defense? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So probably going to be paired up a little Sedine action. Uh-huh. But on I don't the know. That's, I don't know if they're going to get that kind of production, but yeah, they're, <laughs> they might be paired up. Who knows that that's, <laughs> this is to me, they're the worst team in the league. This is the worst team in the league. All right. We'll get, we'll give it away right now. I got them as the worst team in the league as well. And that not to mention their goaltenders that they have, that they're going with this year are just as laughable. Peter Mrazek. Peter and Magic Stick Mrazek and Alex Stalock. I mean, ugh, like, oh my God, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go any farther than that. Like, this team is just really bad. It's a dark time. If you're from Chicago, I'm not sorry. You got to witness three cups in six seasons. This kind of stuff happens, and I mean, they're Peter they're in the dark times right now. Yeah, very dark times. Peter Mrazek isn't like the worst goalie in the world. I think he's a solid like 
one B goalie. Like I, I don't even I wouldn't even consider Agreed. him backup anywhere, but like he's a perfect like tandem goalie. Like I think mm-hmm. he, he puts out a solid forty five to fifty five games somewhere in that range and will do good things for you. Um but yeah, definitely not somebody that I think that they're planning on keeping around for super long. Um because they're in a full rebuild on this team. I guess we'll wait and see though. Uh the, move on or you got anything I just have play? one one message for Chicago Blackhawk fans and I like I'm I don't want to be a dick as much as I hate the Chicago Blackhawks. I and you know I I hate them. But it will end it it'll get better. I promise it'll get better. It might take 8 to 10 years the way they're going right now. I want it to get better. <laughs> yeah, but I don't either, but I'm trying to I'm trying to be sympathetic here. And I just I know how it feels to watch teams that stink. Like it really does suck. Like you're, you don't like what's your water cooler talk about at work? Hey, did you watch the Hawks game? Well, yeah, they only lost eight one last night. wasn't that bad. At least they scored a goal. Or it'll be like the Mighty Ducks. If you ever seen the Mighty Ducks when they go, "How was your team last year? Good. Well, we weren't that bad. You know, we lost every game, and we, you know, one time we almost lost to this team by eight, and we almost scored a goal too. Yeah, <laughs> like right. that'll be them. So it like Chicago. It's 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 going to be bad. It's going to be dark. But I promise you maybe in my lifetime they'll be good again and and i I will retract my statement like i i don't really like seeing chicago blackhawks be bad yes i'm gonna laugh at them a lot but uh it's chicago and blues games like that's the new that's my version of detroit blues and that's it's something that everybody looks forward to and when when you have chicago come to town you really want to see a good game and now you're almost guaranteed a blues win like that six nothing stomping shit kicking in the final game of the preseason that we handed to them, but uh, I I I at least want to see some competition when they come to town. I'll, I'll take the guaranteed win, but uh, I I wouldn't mind a little bit of competition. Now with that being said, let's uh move over to Minnesota. Uh, the Wild, 113 points last year, uh, second in the division. Uh, they were a team at the beginning that. I think looked like they were going to run away with this division. Uh, us and the us and us as in the blues and Minnesota, I think we were really hot out of the gates and then Colorado didn't take them too long to really just turn the boosters on and get ahead of us. Um, let's talk playoffs last year. Yeah, they made it in and uh, they lost in the first round to your boys in blue four games to two. Not sorry about it. Not was a good, that, what was a good series, though, man? You got to admit, that was a great series. It was hard-fought, physical, goal scorers. It was a great series. And I thought Minnesota, I, at one point, I thought Minnesota had our number because they were running us out of the building at some points. Yeah, but then we just ran them to the ground, you know, with our physicalness. And, and then uh, I believe Cairo really had a good series yep. against them. Um, they They were a team that, like, everybody was – kind of had as like almost like a cup favorite or at least a cup favorite aside from Colorado like nobody really had them in the prediction losing to the Blues and once again like we do almost every year we prove them wrong at least every year in the recent past uh let's uh talk Billy G Billy Guerin is their general manager and then Dean Dean Evanson Evanson is the head coach yep I mean Bill Guerin's done a good job building that team. I mean, yeah, losing Fiala is going to be huge, but um, 
Hopefully they can supplement it. I mean, they got one of the, I mean, Kirill Kaprizov is one of the best players in the league. I mean, at least one of the most electrifying to watch for sure. And Fiala, uh, I know we just talked about him. Where did he go again? LA. LA. And what is, what did, uh, Minnesota get in that? I completely forgot, dude. I didn't okay. prepare. Well, sorry. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. All right. <laughs> no. uh, Keep me accountable. Cause now I'll have to be doing that. Let's talk some numbies. Uh, Kirill the thrill. Kaprizov, 47 goals. Ryan Hartman, 34. And then uh, who we just talked about, Kevin Fiala with 33. And then uh, Joel Erickson had 26 goals. That's a player that scares me. He scared me a lot. He was a fucking animal in that series against the Blues. Joel Erickson kills the Blues. And, you know, he was very, he was physical in that series too, not let alone just with, uh, who did he, I, I believe, Marcus Fulton. What, you're talking about the fight? I don't remember that. Maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say about Marcus Foligno? I was, I was gonna say Marcus Foligno and him are like the, they're, they're, that's a force. Like to have to deal with those two guys running around, hitting, and they're able to score. And Hartman's the same way. Hartman is a very hard-nosed player, a sneaky thirty goal scorer too, like decent amount of goals. And maybe, 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 uh, I don't remember if it was Eric Sinek or not. I, for some reason, I thought they, he got in a fight and, um, I would guess it would probably have been against like, uh, Shen or somebody, but n- not important. We'll get to the points. Uh, Kaprizov had 108 points. Fantastic year for the young man. Uh, Fiala had 85. Matt, Matty Z, Matt Zuccarello had 79. And Ryan Hartman finished out the top of the boys with 65. Uh, yep. Oh, so. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to go over the sub, uh, subtractions and additions. There's not many. Uh, they bring in Philip Gustafson, I think came across for that Talbot deal um, that they got. But obviously the subtractions are going to be the biggest part. It was Kevin Fiala, uh, Cam Talbot goes to Ottawa, and then they lost Nick Delorier, who you might be thinking of that got in a fight with someone because that guy loves to bang, loves to throw, just loves to throw hands. And uh, yeah. probably another big fourth-line guy they're going to miss, but – the the big thing with Minnesota is like how are they going to cope with the loss of Fiala? Because Fiala was just an absolute dynamo, and when you can put Kaprizov and Fiala out there on different lines, it just really makes you have to second guess your game planning, you know, around those two guys. So now they're really only—I mean, who's really that electrifying on Minnesota besides Kaprizov? I mean, really, that's the big game breaker you got to worry about. So really. Still a playoff team to me. I don't know where they would fall. I'll give that in a little bit. Like we're both going to give our predictions, but still a good team. Just not exact. I mean, I don't know. The goaltending might be a problem though. Is and, it with with Mark Andre Fleury? He might be okay, but he's getting old. Yeah, then that's what I was about to say. You know, Flower. He's he's getting old, uh, but he hasn't proven us wrong yet. You know, he's gone out there and did the thing. Um, aside from that short stint that he had with Chicago last year. Yes. Um and then uh backing him up is gonna be uh Philip Gustafson. Yep. Who they again they brought in. He was all he's all right. I mean if you can give I I Mark Andre Fleury cannot play sixty games. So I mean they're gonna have to split time. He's too old to do that. He will get hurt. So we're probably talking forty five like like a a sixty forty split is probably what we're gonna be looking at as far as like you know the percentages. Percentage. Yeah. yeah and I just don't know. We I, I haven't seen Philip Gustafson play enough to know that he can do that well enough. Again, 
still think Minnesota is probably good enough to get into the playoffs, but we'll see. All right. And I, I don't have anything else on Minnesota. And uh, you want to you wanna move on to the next team and uh, go ahead and tell us who the next team is there, Zach. I'm pulling my notes up. Who is it? I'll say they're down in the desert. Oh, God. Arizona State? Are we talking Arizona State? Okay. ASU. Yeah. ASU. I oh, mean, what a joke. Dogs. What a joke, man. So, Arizona Coyotes the now playing at a 5,000-seat arena at the local college. Again, I have to ask, what are ticket prices going to be? Over the roof, dude. I mean, 200 a pop? I mean, how are you going to supplement? You can't sustain a team with 5,000 people. No, and they got to figure out this arena situation. Or that that team, I've been waiting on it forever. I know Phoenix is a poppin' city. It's awesome. I've been there. I love it. ASU, I've been in Tempe where ASU is. That is one of my favorite party spots that I've ever been to. Like And... It's it's like really well traveled. Like people will come from out of town to go watch a game there because of like what you're talking about. The party scene, you know, they got great some of the greatest golf courses on earth. You know, people take a lot of bachelor and bachelorette parties I see now are being held down there. Why would you not want to go see a hockey game? Well, I'm not going to sit in a fucking college stadium to go watch a hockey game. I'm not like it probably smells know, like dude. mold. I would love it, but but you can't have that. Like I think watching an NHL team in uh in a 5,000 seat arena would be electric dude. Like, especially with that young crowd that they're going to have there. But that's just something you can't have in the NHL. Like you can't show that on TV. No. And especially in the winter. Yeah. You talk about well-traveled like that. Tons of people go there in the winter. All right. Enough about uh, Tempe and Phoenix and all that. Um, 57 points for them last year. Uh, Last in the division, last in the conference, not a good season. Uh, and, you know, last year I thought it was going to be a little bit of an upper season, but they proved me wrong. Uh, no playoffs. Uh, playoffs? <laughs> there you go. But, boy, are they going to sell out this arena this year. Uh, Bill Armstrong, former uh, former Blues, uh, what was he? With I think it was a scout or an assistant GM or something like that. Yeah. Assistant GM, former assistant GM with the Blues. Uh, and then uh, I don't even know who this Andre, is. Andre Torigny. Torigny. All right, that's a name that I'll have to remember how to pronounce. Andre Torigny. All right, uh, <laughs> you got a funny note for uh, – the stats here, uh, goal leader, the towel boy, points leader, the mascot. <laughs> That's a good little uh, zinger there. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, but but we do got to talk about their goal leader, uh, St. Louis's own Clayton Keller. Yeah. Uh, he had 28 goals last year. Nick Schmaltz with 23 and Lawson Cruz, 23, 20 goal scorers. Not very good. Uh, as far as points go, uh, St. Louis boy, Clayton Keller with 63, Nick Schmaltz, 59. Bill the Thrill Kessel, now with Vegas, had 52. And Shane the Ghost Gostas be here, 51 points. Yeah, I mean, not much to say. Very underwhelming. But really, I I mean, I, I love Clayton Keller, especially with him being a St. Louis boy. I just feel bad for him. You wish he could go anywhere else. Because, I mean, he would be a – if he didn't play any – if he played – I mean, he, literally anywhere else, he'd be talked about all the time. 
he'd be scoring 75, 80 points a game. But this roster is so badly constructed. I mean, seriously, I bet their AHL team could go out there and probably compete with these guys. He's going to have fun with all those girls down there in Tempe, though, let me tell you. That. I got to tell you, I'm sure he, I'm sure they love the offseason there because you don't even have to leave. You just stay there and play golf all summer. I mean, it's Jesus. It's so hot in the offseason, though. Of course it's they a, leave. It's a dry heat. Oh, shut up. That. Have you ever been <laughs> you ever been to the desert in the, in the heat of the summer? No. Oh, my God, dude. I went to Vegas, and I don't want to go too long about this, but I went to Vegas a uh, handful of years ago. It got to 116 or 118. They were saying like it was like the third hottest day of the year. I don't care, dry heat or not, it is unbearable. They we were at a graduation party for my wife's niece or nephew or something out there, and they had a pool. It was too hot to get in the pool. Like the water was too hot. The water was too hot to get. It was like the pool. boiling hot dog water, Ugh. basically. All right, enough about that. Uh. Goalies for Arizona, Carl Vegmelka and either Jonas Johansson or John Gillies, uh, former Blue All-Star there. Uh, yep. He played one game for us last year. Uh, Blues legend. So do we even really have to talk about them? We know Arizona's not going to be a good team this year. No, bottom feeder. Yeah. Just, I mean, hopefully they do better because, I, I mean, really as much as, again, and I, I can't believe that I'm being this guy more than on more than one occasion i love i love to hate i love to like you know find a reason to hate something but it can't get any worse than this right i mean the worst the worst thing that could happen is that the team gets sold and goes somewhere else but the thing is is nobody wants to buy them like it, nobody wants to acquire them i think they've been owned by the nhl like two or three different times and not had like a wow. real owner which is just shit house disgusting i don't get that and it it's not going to be good. Like, I'll, I'll just say that. It's not going to be good. This is a Bedard team. And boy, do I feel bad if he ends up showing up there. Oh, my God. And, you know, would he refuse? <laughs> Maybe refuse and go Is play he going to pull an Eric Lind- pull an Eric Lindros? Just be like, nope. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go play somewhere else. I'm going to go to the KHL. Thanks. Oh, man. All right. Enough about uh, the Desert Dogs. Let's go to... Uh, the Stanley Cup champions, Colorado Avalanche, 119 points last year is good enough for first in the division and the conference, uh, four points ahead of uh, the other division leader, the Calgary Flames. Did they make the playoffs? Absolutely they did, and they shit-kicked shit their way all the way to the top, uh, lifting their first Stanley Cup in about 20 or so years. Uh no one ever really made it look tough for them. Uh, they only lost they only lost four games in the playoffs, two of the Blues and two in the finals to the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning. That's and you, saying a lot. Yeah, it is. And you brought this up yesterday. Even though the Blues, or you said at least with Tampa, even though they lost two games to Tampa, they were never really in it. Like Colorado basically ran them out every time. It was the same way with St. Louis. I mean, we. I think we gave them the best fight, and until we lost Bennington, I think that was their only chance they had to lose. Once they beat us, I was like, well, it's probably over. Because Edmonton proved... Bennington or not, like, we were maybe going to give them a little bit stronger of a competition. I, I don't think we were going to beat them. Even with the win. I'm, I'm sorry to break your heart, Blues fans, but yeah, I like, Colorado was so good last year. That was a destiny team. By far. And I mean, it, and we said it, I think we said it before, 
you know, with the whole McKinnon thing last year or in 2021, losing to Vegas and being like, yeah, you know, I've been in the league for, you know, seven years and I haven't won shit and all this other stuff. I mean, you couldn't write a better story. And then with like people talking about Landis God getting traded and then, you know, he ends up staying signs long-term and then you have guys like Bowen Byram who step up. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I thought the blues had him. That would have been great. Dang. But I mean, what a, what a team they were. They were, they were an absolute wagon the entire season. They had no chance of no chance of losing to anyone in the playoffs. It was just, it was just a matter of, you know, not if they were going to beat you, it was just how many games they were going to do it. Yep, and uh, they did it in very few. All right, let's talk some stats. Uh, Miko Rantanen, uh, their goal leader only had 36 goals, which is kind of shocking to see. Um, so yeah, Miko Rantanen with 36 goals. The Nate Dog, Nathan McKinnon, 32. Gabriel Landeskog, uh, should have been a Blues legend, 30. And then Kadri, who went to the Flames, 28. And then uh, Cal McCarr with 28 as well. That uh, is Carl fucking went... disgusting that he had. He would have been the first 30-goal scorer as a defenseman since Mike Green, who did it back in 2009 or 2010. And, I mean, I, I thought for sure he was going to do it. I didn't realize it's been that long since, uh, like, Carlson never had 30 or, uh, like, Hedman hasn't had 30. No, Yossi um, hasn't Yossi. had 30. No. Nope. Yeah. No, nope, wow. he would have been the first since Mike Green. Yes, they're just uh, pucking machines. Uh, all right, and then points. Uh, Rantanen led it there too. Uh, Sneaky led the team in points and goals, ninety-two. Nate Dog with eighty-eight, and only sixty-five games played. Let's keep that in note. Uh, Kadri had eighty-seven, and Carr had eighty-six points. That is so ridiculous. Eighty-six points as a defenseman, man. Yeah, that's insane. it's crazy. I mean, we're going to talk about another defenseman that had a lot of points too, but good God, he's he's so good. Uh, and then on a side note, uh, he he wasn't near the top, but uh, because of his limited games played, Gabe Landeskog had uh, 59 points in P1. So that's that was huge that they were able to keep him there, uh, sign him up, keep him away from the blue point per game guy. That's that was big. Yeah. Um. Now, uh. Do you got any uh anything you want to say about uh besides Kadri leaving? Who else? Uh, what what's the change in? Yeah, I got a I got an article with the Colorado Avalanche and who they missed. So they brought in Alexander Gorgiev. So they get rid of Kemper, um, after winning a cup, and they bring in Georgiev, who was really good with New York as the backup for Shesterkin. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. So far in the preseason, it hasn't looked great. But again, it's preseason. How much can you really judge off that? We'll see. But again, this is a team where you don't need stellar goaltending. This is like Edmonton. This is like Toronto. Give me average goaltending, which Darcy Kemper was not a standout last year and did just fine. And look where they got them. So that was perfectly fine. Um, and they bring in Brad Hunt, Blues legend as well. Um, yeah. Some of the notable uh, losses are, uh, we said Kemper, Burakovsky went over to uh, Seattle and Nico Sturm, who they actually traded uh, with Minnesota. They did one for one with Tyson Jost. Uh, so they lost him and uh, Nicholas Albe Kubel, who went over to the Leafs that we talked about uh, infamously or famously dented the cup. And that was kind of like, he was part of that third line that uh, Colorado or uh, 
yeah, that Colorado had that uh, I think is pretty much demolished now. I don't think any of those guys from that third line are right. the team. Yeah. But if you're going to lose the line, the third line's not a bad line to lose all your guys. Um, back to Gorgiev, him backing up Shesterkin last year, that, that makes me wonder, like, I, I don't really know a ton about him, but, like, is, is he a young up-and-comer goalie? He's in his mid twenties. I mean, he's not old. So yeah, he's he's still pretty young, and especially in terms of goalie. Uh, so I guess like that's a goalie that maybe you know has been developing and was really looking for his shot, but uh, was living in the shadow of uh, Igor the Great. And so if you got a guy that you know has a ton of potential but doesn't really have room to grow. Moving him to a Stanley Cup champion team is, I think, a good move for him, you know. Uh, and then Pavel Francouz to have as your backup, solid backup. I mean, I think this is, they're not, not going to have any problems with goaltenders this year. Yeah, def- definitely not. And, uh, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I think he did start with New York for at least a year. I think him and Shesterkin were kind of like – they were trying to like two years ago. I think they were trying to figure out which one was going to take the reins, um, and it just it just so happened that Shesterkin stepped up, and uh, we'll see. But again, it's it must be nice like he's going to get his shot, and it's on a team that has one is very confident going in. This is easily still the best best constructed roster in the Central Division, probably in the league. Um, you know, when you consider you got the Nate Dog and you got Ranton and you got Landis Gog and Kale McCarr. I mean, that alone. It just it just pops off the page. I mean, Makar is McDavid that plays defense. He's the same player. So like, yeah. I, I again, I, I I hate saying it because they're in our division. And we're going to have to see him a lot. But this is a team that could easily repeat, easily. Yeah, not not a lot of question marks on this team. Just so there is on. one guy that I'm really interested to see how well he does this year. It's Valerie Nachuskin. He did really good last year playing on. Uh, McKinnon's line. Uh, he's a big dude. He can move and he can score. Can he re- can he replicate that? Because he was a big player in the playoffs. He was great for him. So if he can do that again, I mean, again, I mean, even if he doesn't perform, I just that's that's someone I really want to watch to see if it was just a fluke. Uh, but I mean, again, there's not really much to say about Colorado. I mean, great job winning the Stanley Cup and a pretty good chance to repeat. All right, uh, let's head down south. Uh, we're gonna listen to some country music on this one. Maybe a little uh, Jason Aldean. Maybe a little uh, I don't know Kenny be, Chesney. Are we okay to say that Morgan is it? Is it okay to say that Morgan Wallen is a good artist? Like, are we over that yet? Morgan Wallen is a dog, dude. I freaking love. Okay. Morgan. I I I know everybody tried to cancel him a few years ago. I was kind of in a uh, in a. I don't want to listen to country music right now, Mood. I grew up on country music, but I got out of it for a little while. Let's just go right ahead with my uh, all-in or dump a change. I'm all-in on Morgan Wallen. That's not really my all-in, but I <laughs> love Morgan Wallen. That Dangerous album that he let out last oh, year. Oh, so fantastic. good. So good. Enough about that. We're in the Country Music Hall of Fame uh, city, Nashville. Nashville Predators, Yeehaw. 97 points last year. Fifth in the division, but like we said earlier, uh, the Central Division, 
good enough for making the playoffs that wild card two spot. Uh, but they made it into the playoffs, but did they really? Swept I mean, the first round by the eventual cup champs. Now, let's not forget that they had David Ingram playing goalie for him, a guy who had no experience at all because they had no David Riddick and they had no UC Saros. So save that what you will, but yeah, they got they got whitewashed by Colorado for sure. So uh, general general manager David Poyle and then uh, head coach John Hines. A.K.A. Professor X. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> bald as a bat, huh? Bald as me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's talk some numbers. Goal leaders, uh, Matt Duchenne with 43, Forsberg, 42. Bet, good good to see him back up, even though he's a blues killer. Uh, and then uh, Ryan Johansson with 26. That's a big jump from your top two guys, but who cares when you got two guys scoring 40-plus goals? Uh, as far as points go, um, Roman Yossi with 96. Dog. 96 points as a defenseman. That's it's gross. <laughs> I think he's led his team in points the last three or four seasons, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he is their team. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Matt Deshen, not far behind him with 86. Forsberg with 44. And Mikel Granlin with 64. Uh, like you said earlier, their goalies are... Uh, UC Saros, uh, nothing wrong there. And then uh, Kevin Lankinen, I don't really know much about him. But, uh, Played in Chicago Saros. before, so, I mean, it, it can't get any worse. Saros, with, as your starter, I, I don't think you're going to have any problems in uh, that. Yep. Now, as far as, like, the additions and subtractions, some pretty good names they brought in. Um, Nino Niederreiter, you know, formerly with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, comes in. Uh, he's looked pretty good in the preseason as far as I've seen. Uh, they bring in Ryan McDonough in that trade for Philippe Myers. Um, pretty good trade. Zach Sanford, Blues legend, which actually is. I mean, wow. won a cup with us. Yeah. He's in Nashville this year. He is in Nashville this year. And then they bring in, obviously, like you said, Kevin Lankinen and then Kiefer Sherwood, who at one point, or actually at probably at this point still, is one of the goal leaders in the NHL since they've already played two regular season games. He scored in his first game with Nashville. So that's kind of nice. Um, out, as far as like their subtractions go, Philippe Myers, part of that trade that we just talked about, uh, Luke Cunnan, David Riddick, and Matt Benning. So not really too many big ones. Luke Cunnan, St. Louis kid, uh, left and plays for San Jose now. But... um. I mean, dude, the, the the one thing that I have a question about is why Nashville made this trade for Ryan McDonough is because it's, it's because of his cap hit. If they want to make moves, like let's say Nashville is in that, you know, fourth, fifth spot, and there's going to be another five team race, you know, in the central for the playoffs again, and they want to make a move, they can't. This kind of locks him up. I think he makes like six point something a year, um, six million plus it. It's a good move because he, you know, he's won two Stanley Cups. You know, he's been a former captain and, you know, he's good. It's good for the locker room. But like, if you really need to make a move, I mean, you're going to have to move someone more, more, you're going to have to move somebody that, and you don't want to move him. I, I just don't, they're not going to be able to do it. They're going to have to run with this roster the whole year. Now, so the National Predators, like overall, they're, they're just of, of the teams in the Central. They're one of two teams that are like pretty easy to forget about. Uh, 
with the other being the Jets. Like, it, it's like they they have a decent team when you look at the names. Like, they they have their goalie in UC Soros. They have a a couple good forwards in a, a what should be a fantastic goal scorer. He's a good goal scorer, but in uh, Philip Forsberg. And then you got uh, Matt Duchesne, who can dish the puck around and score some goals, obviously, with leading the team with 43. And then you have your all-star defenseman, Roman Yossi, who is pretty much your main guy on the whole team. Like, why is this team not any better? Yeah, they snuck into that second wildcard spot, but I feel like with those names, you should have a – why are they so easy to forget? They, they should be a better team. I think it's just the depth. I don't think they have the depth. I think they're really top-heavy on every part of – you know, not a great backup goalie. Their top two defensemen are pretty good. I think McDonough really supplements that now and helps them out. But their forwards just aren't deep after that. I mean, you're talking Forsberg and Johansson and Duchesne. I mean, other than that, you're not getting much. Cody Glass is another new name that they brought in last year who actually has made the team. Another one that got kicked in the ass by Vegas on the way out. Um, Real quick on Cody Glass, did you see that video uh, yes. from him when he found out he made the team? What what an awesome video that was! I know, and like I, the the funniest thing, like so he gets called in by Poyle and and Hines, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm just so nervous every time I come in here." And they're like, "Hey, we're taking you with us. You made the team," and he finally made a team. And I mean, you just see like the single tear start coming down his eye. He's like, "Oh my god, the hard work that I put in," and he's probably like, "Thank God, because Vegas treated me like." A pile of shit whenever I was there. I, I, was, I, was <laughs> I got goosebumps from that just thinking about that video. That was a really cool little uh, tidbit there. Yeah, and I mean, really, with Nashville, it just comes down to I, again. I mean, I, I we can repeat ourselves as much as we want, but like, get good goaltending out of UC Soros. Try to get some forward depth, some more depth scoring, and then after that, oh, another guy we didn't talk about who had a really good season of rookie year last year was Tanner Janot. That guy was oh, an absolute yeah. beast, dude. All around great player, good power forward there. Yeah, and uh, mean as fuck. I mean, will fight people, will hit. I mean, uh, another guy. That's a guy I will have my eye on, and he played pretty good against the Blues last year. He was a he was. I mean, when you see these teams six to seven times a year, you're going to learn to hate some guys. That's a guy you're going to you're going to learn to hate. Blues fans is Tanner Janot. He's going to be a really good player. Yeah. All right, does that wrap it up with the uh, country music guys there? Kinda, because now we're going down to the Big D, and I do mean Dallas. Big D, and I do mean Dallas. <laughs> Dallas Stars, 98 points last year, good for fourth in the division, one one point ahead of Nashville. Uh, they made the playoffs in that wild card one spot, uh, but they uh, lost another team, losing in the first round to Calgary. Uh, they, they surprisingly made it a pretty good series, though, uh, going to all seven games and losing in that game seven. They they made that series a series because of two words. Jake Ottinger. He was a freak in that series. And he's they locked him up. They locked him up with a contract. Pretty good move by them. But, yeah, pretty good. I mean, decent season for them because I think a lot of people had these guys penciled out last year. Yep. All right. Um, and then uh, the GM, Jim Nill, and then uh, a, a really good coach that uh, – they're going to have at the reins, uh, Peter DeBoer. Um, good to see him. You know, I, I, I kind of wish, you know, after the way he got treated in Vegas that he had a chance to coach a better team. Uh, I, but, you know, Dallas isn't terrible, and uh, it, maybe they're on the ups. I, I don't really think they're 
going that far down, but uh, you know, hopefully he can make something happen there. Uh, let's talk numbers. Goal leaders: uh, Jason Robocop Robertson had 41 goals. Rupe Hints with 37. Uh, Pavelski with 27, and uh, their former superstar goal center, the hot guy, Tyler Sagan with 24. That's got to be better. Got to yeah, be better from be him. Better. Did he just get too famous? Did it all get to his head? I don't know. He won a cup his first year. I mean, he got called up in the playoffs and won a cup. And then, I mean, no, like, I, I won't say that. No, he's he's always been pretty good. But I, I also think that maybe you're right. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I think you may be right. Maybe it just, like, it all happened so fast and they there was too many expectations right afterwards. So I don't know. Maybe it's the fact he's hanging out with Dude Perfect. That might be a reason why his stats have gone down. <laughs> I'm bringing them up again. Yeah, here we go. But like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know, man. The roster is just so weird. They pay. You know, Tyler Sagan has the highest or one of the highest salaries in the league this year. Oh, because yeah, he was really it was all packed on at the end. Yeah, front a a, a, a back loaded contract. I think he gets like eleven million dollars this year. God, that's just nuts. Is this, the, is this the end, though? Is this his last year? I can't remember, but I think it's either this year or this year or next year that it expires. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the points. Uh, Pavelski had 81. Uh, Robocop had 79. And Rupe Hintz had 72. It's crazy what uh, Pavelski is still doing. 37 yeah, years old. Yeah, he's an absolute stud. Another one of those guys that you could see playing into his 40s. Yeah. He's one of the great, I mean, I, I know the points don't show it, but like, as far as like being a pro and, you know, being in the league and all this stuff, I think Joe Pavelski's like got to be in the U S hockey hall of fame. If he doesn't make it to the hall of fame, cause he doesn't really have any of the hardware and cause he's been so criminally underrated, but, uh, yeah. easily one of, one of the best U S born players like to play in this lifetime, at least. Definitely. Uh, and then, uh, as you alluded to, uh, they're, Great playoff performance goalie Jake Ottinger and then uh, Scott Wedgwood are going to be in the crease. Um, you know, I was just looking at their additions and subtractions. I don't really see any crazy huge names um, coming in. Uh, see, Mason Marchment, I guess that's that's a bigger name. Uh, Colin Miller and Will Butcher, I don't know either of those names. Um but then uh, leaving the team, uh, John Klingberg, that's that's a big name. And then uh, Vladislav Nemestikov, gone. Yeah, John Klingberg is going to be a big miss. Now, it could not be, depending on how Miro Heiskanen plays. Because he is he is one of the best defensemen in the league. He just, I don't think he's, he just hasn't reached his potential yet. Maybe he never will, but I want to see him do good. I mean, the guy can fly, he can score, he can move the puck. But they're going to miss Klingberg on that power play. Klingberg is a a deadly, deadly player when it comes to power play. And I think Klingberg went to the Anaheim Ducks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know there. Don't be quizzing me right now, man. Yeah, I think we glossed over John Klingberg going to the Anaheim Ducks. (laughs) But Mason Marchman is a good deal for him. I mean, it's a little bit of an overpayment at $4 million a year, but a good player. Like he played with Florida last year, uh, will hit, will play, you know, really tough again. Like I'm going to say identity player, you got to have those guys. So maybe that kind of gives them a spark. Um, 
big problem with them is just the the money they're paying Ben and Sagan is just really hurting them. It's there's no way no one wants to you know no nobody nobody wants to take that contract um, on a trade, and it's just I don't know. It's it's a tough situation for them. I think Dallas is going to be in the same place they were last year again. Really good goalie and some good forwards up front, but not enough on the back end. A really really middle of the road team about as middle of the road as you can get all right and that's that's enough talk about dallas uh let's move up north let's cross the border again into winnipeg oh the uh, tire jets. fire the j-e-t-s jets 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 uh 89 points last year sixth place in the division missing the wild card spot um by eight points Shovel Dayov is the GM there, and uh, Rick Bonus, head coach. Uh, Who left Dallas to go to Winnipeg. Bonus. That's a bonus for them. Oh, I see what you did there. This guy's just got the <laughs> wordplay going. I will say that really quick before you get into the numbies and everything, is that Winnipeg was probably the most disappointing team for everybody last year because I think everyone had them penciled in with how well – or how deep that roster is, especially up front, which is obviously that might be the problem, is that they're so deep up front and got nobody on the back end. Uh, but they have a great goalie, and they just uh, – I thought they were a playoff team last year. I thought they were top three in the division, and they just – they crumbled. And then you had Paul Maurice leave halfway through the year, not even halfway. He's been, like I think he knew something was coming up. Either he knew he was getting fired or he didn't like the direction of the team. And it got even worse over the summer with, you know, Blake Wheeler getting stripped of the captaincy and he's still and, there and all yeah. that. There's something weird going on there. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that right after I get through these stats. Uh, Kyle Connor, uh, surprisingly awesome year last year, scoring 47 goals. Um, Shifley behind him with 29. Pierre-Luc Dubois with 28 and Nikolai Ehlers with 28. Um, as far as points go, Kyle Connor. Top that off too with 93. Shifley was 70. Pierre Luc Dubois was 60. And Blake Wheeler, the former captain, as you alluded to, was 60. Now, like I said, something weird's going on there. Like uh, you said, with uh, their coach leaving in the middle of the year last year, and then uh, Blake Wheeler getting stripped of that captaincy. That's that's strange. Like, what what's what do you think is going on up there? Uh. I mean, there were some rumors that came out during the year last year, and I don't, I can't, don't quote me, but I think it came from either Paul Stasny or Nikolai Ehlers or Mark Shifley. One of those guys said that there were some serious issues in the locker room. Like there was a divide. And I mean, that's, that's a huge problem right there. I mean, if you guys aren't, if you, if your players can't come together, that's a big problem. And I mean, obviously, that probably had something to do with Blake Wheeler. I'm not sure. I'm not in the room. I don't know. But it is really weird. Like, and like we said at the top, such a deep roster. Nikolai Ehlers is a, is a pretty electrifying player. Kyle Connor is awesome. I mean, another guy that if the Olympics were this year, he would have been a first line player for him easily. the The whole stripping of the captaincy thing is just so odd because we've seen it a couple times in recent history. Actually, we saw it with Dustin Brown. And he stayed, but it ended up working. We saw it with Joe Thornton and San Jose, and it ended up working when they gave it to Pavelski. And, you know, it still worked. 
this one seems a little bit more odd to me than anything else because there's such disarray. And the thing is, is I I know I don't know. Like it's so hard to to like put into words what they could be going through. I think they need to get rid of. I think they they just have problems in the locker room and they're going to have to get rid of people. I I just don't oh, think this God. roster is. A couple guys are probably gonna have to go. Like I, I, I remember. Um, I, I think it was Dustin Brown, and then there, there's another captaincy, or, or or leadership role stripping that I remember happening. Where you know it, it was mutual. Like it was peaceful. There, there wasn't any backlash. Yeah, this the one, Joe, the Joe Thornton one. Yeah, that's okay. That's what it was. This one is not that same story. Like. There, there was some known backlash with uh, uh, Wheeler losing that captaincy. He's not happy about it. No, and I mean, how can you? You can't be happy about that. And I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to be happy, but I mean, uh, apparently, what I'm what I've heard is that he's not taking it good at all. And for some reason, I have a feeling that it's either him or Shifley that gets moved this year. Because I mean, uh, to, if if especially if they're not doing well right out of the gate, they're this team is on paper to me, this is a playoff team. Like if I looked at that roster and you told me nothing about what we, like we knew nothing about what we just talked about. I'd be like, yeah, that's a playoff team. Like you have Connor Hellebuck and you have, you know, Nick Ehlers and you have Mark Shifley and you have, you know, a guy like Adam Lowry, really big guy who can play and, you know, you know, really mean guy. And then you have Blake Wheeler and all these other guys. Yeah. And it, you'd think it's a playoff team and you're so confused. Like what could be going wrong? And I think we're, I think we're only seeing a little bit of what's going on. I think it's just going to crumble. And I did, I don't see, I don't see very many good things coming out of Winnipeg this year. I think it's just going to be kind of a, a, like a snowball effect that happens. that keep just keeps going as the year goes on. Yeah. And, and I mean, let, let's hope they figure it out soon because, uh, Mark Shifley, you know, he he's been asked about what's what his future holds, and he's not when, committed. To when what you, future holds, when people ask you about trades and you say I'm not going to comment, that's not good. Yeah, and that's basically what he said. Like I'm not talking about that. He's like I'm a Jet for now. And there's also word that Pierre Luc Dubois doesn't want to play in Winnipeg either. Like it's, I don't know, man. It's weird. You gave up Line A for him, and now he doesn't want to stay either. There may be something going on higher up, like maybe the ownership and the coach, like, you know, the ownership and the GM just aren't doing stuff that the, you know, maybe the players and the coaches want certain things to be done. Like they want to go get certain players and they're kind of roadblocking them. I don't know. Again, we can only speculate, which, you know, you hate to do as guys, you know, two bums like us who like have no idea how an NHL room works, but you can critically think and be like, well, if, if it, the players are mad and the coaches aren't staying, it's probably got to do with the GM and the ownership and stuff like that. Yeah. And you, and you just talked about a couple of players that like, you know, were rumored with some drama going on in the locker room and, you know, their future with the team and stuff. Uh, one guy that is not rumored to be leaving the team anytime soon is their superstar goaltender, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, and then uh, backing him up will be David British this year. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's been all right. He's a decent backup. I'm not going to trash him. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about David Riddick. I mean, he was hurt last year in Nashville, came from Calgary before that, and he was all right. But nothing to shake your stick at. And then, you know, while we're talking, 
not really any big names going in or out. I mean, they lose Eric Comrie, who's a backup goalie, and then they lose Zach Sanford, Blues legend, to Nashville. So, I mean, it is going to suck. Like, if Sanford ends up going off against them, you know, they're going to regret that. But, I mean, Sanford's not really an impact player, you know, at in, in any sense of the word at all. Right. And who knows? Maybe that he didn't want to stay there either because of stuff like that. We just don't know. Again, we're all like, this is all speculation. We have no idea what's going on, but uh, real quick, another name to throw into that like whole speculation thing with like the weird shit going on up there is remember Dustin Bufflin? Like, yeah, that, what a weird situation but that was too. The the thing with Dustin Bufflin and like, I, I not to go on a long tangent, I'm going to go through this as quick as I can. There's a disclaimer for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There are some stories about Dustin Bufflin. Like, I don't know if you ever listened to the Chicklets episode where they were Duncan Keith talked about him when he got drafted. He didn't want to go to a rookie camp and they had to go to his house and find him like up in Michigan or Minnesota or wherever he's from. And they had to go get him and like, and cause he's like, uh, he doesn't really, he's a guy allegedly that doesn't watch hockey. He doesn't really care about it. He likes to, he does it as a job. And then he uses that to supplement his life. He's a big fisher guy, big hunting guy. And out of nowhere, like two years ago just says, Hey, I'm taking, I'm taking time off. I'm not coming back. And so I think maybe that that could be a story on its own because it's Dustin Bufflin, but you have to think, I think you're right. There could be something there to that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it, it, there, there's something going on up there for sure. We'll, I guess we'll wait and see how it turns out. Um, but yeah, it's a big, big question mark with that team. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, we only have one more team with the central, but again, we're leaving that for the later episode that's coming out Friday. So let's three episodes this week. Three. We're spoiling you guys. We are. And, 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 you know, real quick, like, I hope that you guys can take a little bit of time to, you know, like, and subscribe, whatever, all that. Tell your friends about it, man. Like any, any blues fan, we've worked really, really hard on these few episodes this week. Like I didn't realize like, Zach asked me to do this podcast. I told him before that, like, I've kind of been looking into possibly getting into the podcast game. This is something like I'm really enjoying doing. I'm having a great time with it. Uh, as you could tell, like, I'm I'm not the best at it yet. I'm trying really hard. I feel like I've gotten better over these these first four episodes. Every episode, I'm getting a little bit better. Um, but yeah, we we've put a ton of work into this. So like, honestly, if you guys could just share the word about this podcast, like with your friends and you know e even if you just give it a listen and tell us like hey i listened to it that, that's awesome that's an awesome feeling that i get from like especially somebody that i didn't even know was gonna listen to it and they just listen to it i've gotten you know some of my friends you know when we shared it on instagram and facebook to say you know hey i listened to your podcast and you guys sounded really good that that's simple simple as that something simple as that just reach out to us and tell us you listen that's awesome i mean that that, that means the world to, to both of us i mean and like it look we're not going to go out and say this is like a it's not like we're complaining about the work we love you know looking into this because we're both learning while we're doing this and stuff like that but it, it's work like we we like doing it and we want you know like i said we want to bring a different perspective on stuff and kind of give our spin on it so yeah i mean that's a that's a good point i, I mean i i'm gonna get a tear talking about that how much you love doing it yeah, <laughs> having a great time, man. All right, let's uh let's give our central predictions for the playoffs, and then um we will uh 
we'll we'll see where we're going from there. So let's get into our predictions here. Let me get to mine. I'll start with this one. Um, so for the central, I have the abs finishing first. Um, this just because of you know the the roster composition, it's pretty much the same roster. I'm cool with that. I have the boys in second. I got the blues in second place. Um, definitely not biased or anything like that. I have the Nashville Predators in third. And I have the uh, Minnesota Wild in a wild card spot. And I have the Dallas Stars in a wild card spot. So I have five teams in the Central. Again, I, I mean, I know I talked about Dallas being middle of the road, but being middle of the road in the Central is like being top three in a lot of other divisions. So that's mine. Colorado, St. Louis, Nashville in the top three, and then the Wild and the Stars are going to be taking those wild card spots. Basically the same as last year. Actually, it's exactly the same as last year, just different order. What about you? What do you got? So, uh, as I said earlier, I had four teams in the Pacific, so that means I can only take four teams in the Central. Uh, One and two will ride on it with each other. Uh, The Avs, the Blues, one, two. Uh, I think the Avs are going to dominate this central division maybe even a little bit more than they did last year uh and then uh the blues you know whether we got better or worse we're we're a contender team every year for the past since 2016 almost um and then uh number three um i got three and four flip-flops with you i got the wild in three and then i got the preds getting that uh wild card spot uh and then missing the playoffs I have the stars. Not gonna make it this year. I didn't even go through five through. I didn't even go through six through six, eight. Seven but, and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Real quick. I got so I got Winnipeg sixth, Chicago seventh, and Arizona eighth. Okay. You have Chicago seventh, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Arizona just. Uh, I yeah. don't see it. All right. Well, yeah. So I got stars at five. I I think the stars are gonna be close. Like, and honestly, like. How much do I know? Like they could definitely they they could t- go around and take over first in the central. Who the hell knows? No, they do that. But like, really, like the Kings, the Canucks, the Stars. I think they're going to be fighting for that third wild card spot. Even even the Ducks, I think, have a chance of scratching at that wild card spot. But then it's going to be a big drop off down to six, seven, and eight. Uh, I got six with the Yotes. The Jets at seven. Wow. The Hawks are going to be dead last. I think they're going to be dead last in the entire NHL this year. I could see that. It's just. And I think they're going to tank for Bedard. I think they're a shit team. I think they're terrible. And I think on top of that, they really want Bedard. So they're going to be even worse than they already are. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. I'm surprised you have the Yotes at six. I mean, what did. I mean, the Winnipeg fans are going to be coming after you. Is that not the stupidest thing ever for like for a post goal horn thing, like doing the coyote? What, what is that? A howl, I guess you call it. I mean, they're they're freaking the coyotes. So like, what else are they going to do? The coyotes don't do anything else. Cool. That's the only they look at the moon. Are they going to just show a big moon on the jumbo trying <laughs> kind of point and stare at it? I will say this. Arizona has the sickest jerseys in the league by far. Those Kachina jerseys are nasty oh, the kachinos are okay yeah they're yeah. cool they're so I sick you're gonna talk about those red and brown ones like those are no <laughs> they switched to the they're all kachina now they went back to straight oh, kachina yeah that is right that's right yeah okay, okay so we got our predictions in. do we want to do our award winner predictions for the year 
yeah, let's go ahead and do those real quick. I think we can get through those real quick. We're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, we had one little new segment that I that we were talking about adding in this week. We've gone long, so let's let's hold off on that till next week. Yeah, and I think I think the new segment that we're going to bring in for the next episode is going to be like it, it's going to be good. Like it's going to be fun. We love the all in and the and the dump and change thing, but I think this one might be able to take it over. Like it's going to be that good, and it's going to be something that is going to get people going. So we'll tease that for you guys. We have a new segment coming Friday. It's going to be nice. Um, kind of stemmed off something that we talked on our first episode about, or our second episode about. So um, we'll kind of go through that. Let's do our award winners, and we're only doing the major awards. So we're basically going to do the Rocket Richard, the Vesna, the Art Ross and the uh, Norris Trophy winners. So basically the ones that are voted on by people, like the big ones. So right, yeah, I'll look. And with those four, four awards, like I don't know how you want to pick. If you want me to go first, you go to first. Or so we'll do, we'll do each award, and we'll sure. each give our winner, and we can kind of give a description why. We don't have to be like super long-winded, which that, that means we're going to be long-winded, but we'll see. <laughs> right. Um, so where do you want to start? We could let's start with the let's do the Vesna first because I think we can get a little bit of a debate going on this one. Who do you got one in the Vesna this year? Okay, this is this is my one that is like I'm kind of going out on a limb. The other three I think are kind of almost staples, but this one I'm going out on a limb. Igor Shesterkin. Wow. The Vesna again. I'm not going out on that much of a limb. <laughs> I was going to really say, not much of a attention. limb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's okay. Sure I pay attention. But, no, but, hey, that's that. I like the pick. I like the pick. I'll go with mine. Mine is definitely off, is is off. And this is a team I picked not to make the playoffs that I think could win it. And I told you, he's good. Plays in the Pacific. That's your Demko. Oh, yeah, okay. I could see De- the now. I guess what I should what I should preface this by saying is, if he wins the Vesna, they're winning the they're in the playoffs. Like, and he will save them. But I think Demko is easily, like I said, top five, easily, maybe even top three. So I think Demko could easily go out and get it. I don't want to be vanilla and say Vasilevsky or Shosturkin. I didn't like. I know they're going to be good, but like Demko. I'm seeing it. I think he can do it. And especially, I, w- I would love to see it because I want to see an American goalie win it again because the last two and three, I think the last three have been Russian. I think it's been Vasilevsky twice Vasilevsky. and and uh, Shesterkin. Okay. So I'll go with Thatcher Demko for the Vesna. What do you, which one do you want to do next? I'll give you mine first because I got, there's one of them that I, the rock, okay, perfect. That's what I was going to ask you to do. So this came down to two players. For me, yep. uh, I had. I think we got the same two. I had two, and I'm gonna try to pick one, and hopefully it's not the one that you picked, or maybe it is. Maybe we'll both be right. All right, I'll go ahead and say mine. My okay. first one, then, and then, and maybe help you. Maybe you can go against me. Uh, and I think I know you are gonna go against me. Uh, I got Austin Matthews taking it again. Sixty plus? Or are we talking like a little bit less? Are we seeing a drop off? Because don't don't forget, don't know, this guy scored fifty goals in fifty games. Now, obviously, it wasn't from the start of the season, so they like treated it like it wasn't. Yeah. But he also scored like he could have scored if he played all games. He would scored seventy easily. You know what? Screw it. Yeah, I'm gonna say he is gonna go more than sixty. Goals are up. Goals are on the rise. I don't know what it is, but goals are on the rise. So give give him sixty three this year. 
63. I love that. I will take Leon Dreisaitl. Yep. Yep. And I'm going 66 goals. Woo! 66 for Mr. Leon Dreisaitl. I'm taking that. I had on my, like, literally on my notes, I had Austin Matthews or Leon literally cannot decide. But you kind of helped me, and we'll do that. Um, But, yeah, I'm putting the over, like, if I had to do an over-under, it'd be 65 and a half or 64 for either of them. I think the winner of this year's Rocket, no matter who it is, and I think it's going to be one of those two as long as they're healthy all year. But, I mean, clearly Matthews wins it, and he's not healthy all year. But uh, 65 is, like, the benchmark i think for these guys i think they can they can be untouchable for that so now easy pick but, so 60 that was the first time it's been done since stammer did it um i think in 2012 wow. yeah okay um and then i i you know just with this whole like aaron judge the home run thing going on with like aaron judge and everything congrats on him getting 62 big whoop everybody's treating it like it's a new record anyway um I, I wonder what that like what a similar number to that would be in the NHL. Like I know nobody nobody's ever gonna touch Gretzky's, I believe it's ninety two. Yeah. And single season record. I, I would I'll go out and guess that maybe the next biggest one in Brett Hull is like Timu Salah. Brett Hull. Okay. Brett Hull had oh, no, 80. I know Brett Hull's number number two overall. But like I'm talking more recent history than that. Yeah. Okay. I got what, you. What I got get you. The people talking. What would get the people talking? I think. I think like- if someone scores 65, that's equivalent to someone scoring 80, like in that dead, you know, in the, in, you know, in the era that they that they had it back then. Yeah, and I I agree because it's it's so much harder to score goals now than it was then. But like, like as a milestone number, like what is the next like my there's a milestone number that like. Somebody has, and like I would guess, Team Mussolini his rookie year uh, gets seventy six, I think. And what year was that? That was ninety three. Yeah. So, like, you know, I I think we're still way far away from it, but it'd be really exciting to have hockey do what baseball is doing right now with all these home run numbers going on. And we'll see it in a few years, hopefully, with Ovi in the total. But um with that being said uh let's go on to the next award unless you want to talk a little more on matthews no the the only thing i was going to say is if somebody hits 70 goals that's legendary like if that that'll be talked about forever because in the era of you know the smaller nets and the uh you know the goalie equipment and all that and you know just all the skill going around in the league well that kind of helps it but i think if someone hits 70 which i don't think we're far off from at all i mean 60 Matthew's only played, I think, like 68 or 70 games, like something wow. like that, and scored 60 goals. There's no reason that guy or Dreisaitl or even, hell, McDavid could do it. McDavid passes too much. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I I think we're less than two years away from someone scoring 70 goals. McDavid can put the puck on any part of any player's stick that he wants, so why the hell not just put it in any part of the net that he wants? I mean, we saw it last year. I think that was his highest goal total at 44. So, I mean, 44, yeah. he can he can do it. Let's let's do the next award. What do you want to do? Let's, do uh, let's go Art Ross. This one's easy. Like David. 140. <laughs> That's nuts. 140 points. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into this too much. I don't know how many he's going to score. Do you want to? Do you want to say? Should we say who would would give him the next run if it wasn't him? 
Because I mean, that's too easy. Who would who would you pick if it wasn't McDavid? Like, who would be the closest or could beat him? Um, you know, you would think like last year with uh, Calgary, you know, it could have been like Johnny Gaudreau or something, but that's a big question mark over in uh, Columbus this year. How many? There was like a lot of players with over a hundred points. I think there was ten guys. I think there was almost ten guys with a hundred points, which is just that. That's good. I mean, it's good for the league. That's what people want to see. Um, you know, I go down to Tampa. You think Kucherov, but Tampa's like slowly slowing down a little bit. So I don't know if he's gonna do that down there. Um, Drysaddle's an easy if you know if mcdavid's gonna go out and score goals goals dry saddle could easily be the assist guy there and yeah uh yeah let, let's i i think dry saddle's probably the best next bet i have a weird pick mitch marner mitchy yeah i mean if, the puck over to austin matthews yeah and plays a lot of power play time i mean there's no reason that guy can't score 120 you know 110 115 120 somewhere in that range but McDavid, I mean, I'm, I'll be a little bit more conservative. 135. 135 points. That's, that's super conservative of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really conservative of me. Yeah, I'll go 135. But, yeah, I think we both agree McDavid's going to win it. I, I think we're going to see even more 100-point guys this year in the league. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the Blues are going to have a flirter of 100 points. I think – and and, and – I, I hope it's coming with maturity. Uh, and I, you know, I don't let's, let's save that for tomorrow. I'm, or, yeah. you know, later this week, I'm not going to get into that right now. Yeah. Let's move on to the, the last award, the defensive men of the year. So, the, the... yeah. So I was going to ask you, I'm guessing we both probably had the same two people in the running for it. So you want me to tell you mine first? Yeah. And I, I think we have the same one. Man, I actually had three, but I just can't see him scoring this many points to get it. I had Hedman at three as my third, and I was like, yeah. well, no, he's too he's too defensively sound, and do, he doesn't score as many points. I mean, fuck, he scored 80-something, so he still scores a lot of points. But I'm going to go with Roman Yossi again. Whoa, okay, maybe we didn't have the same one. I I'm a firm believer in this. The Norris Trophy is not about how many points you score. You should be the best defenseman. That's what it should be, but that's not what it is. And it's so stupid. Like, I mean, I get it. That's what people vote on now. They want to see the goals. They want to see the points. But to me, I'm a purist. I want to see the best defenseman win. Yossi scores more points than Makar, for one. He scored more points than he did. I don't think he will this year. And he's just better all around than Makar is. Like, if you ask me, he's better on both ends of the ice. He's a better defenseman. He is better. I don't know if you want to say at his position. He is the better defenseman all around. But that's the key word there. Kyle McCarr has more skill. I think he's going to put up more points this year. I think he's going to he he's going to potentially put up 100 points this year. I mean, he's think, that good. Do you think he can get that 30 goal mark and finally join Mike Green? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I I, I can't argue with you. It's it's too yeah. like I we can't argue about this. It's like I mean we're 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 you know pulling we're like what do you call it? We're grasping at straws or we're picking we're we're like nitpicking. That's what I was looking for. We're nitpicking. Like 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 you said when we talked about Colorado earlier, he is Connor McDavid 
just playing 20 feet behind him and on the ice. He's nuts. So, like, he can do it, man. Like, he's he's a stud. He's got the skill. He's a skill guy. He got the skating. He's got the puck movement. He's got the puck handling. Like, he's super – is incredible to watch. I think he's going to put up some crazy numbers. You know what I think also goes into that voting is, like, how much exposure you get. And, I mean, McCarr is going to get all – He's throw Yossi in the trash with those ugly-ass yellow National Predators jerseys that belong in the trash. Oh, Yossi boy. is going to get buried <laughs> by McCarr in coverage. Yeah, and, I mean, I still will never I, – I mean, I will never forget that goal he scored in overtime against Chicago when he's coming around the wall – does a little stop and turn, and then the oh my god! Oh, by the way, while we're talking about Spinnerama's, did you see that play by Huberto last night? No. So he's coming up the wall. Last night, or there was a it was a preseason game two nights ago. Then I guess yeah. yeah. And uh, so the puck's like coming up the wall, like at the blue line. So he's coming out of his he's coming out of his own zone, and there's a defenseman like basically he has nowhere to go. Like the only thing he can do is chip the puck, right? Like for a normal player. Takes the puck on his backhand and does a complete 360, spins around him, and then sends it on for a goal. I mean, an out, like you'll have to look it up. People should go look this up. Look up Huberto uh, Spinorama assist or whatever. Absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, that's just, it's a testament to like how skilled the league is now. Everyone can do stuff like that. Everyone can shoot hard. Everyone can shoot accurate. Everyone can skate. The league's in a great spot right now, man. It's really fun to watch. If you don't watch, if you're a first time listener, or if you're like a new hockey person and you want to start watching, start paying attention now because it's so skilled. As much as I trash like Zegris and guys like that are doing those moves, it's crazy that these guys can even do that in a game. It's nuts. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Like I've I've never been a hockey player. I've tried, you know, sticking and pucking a little bit in the driveway and in the cul-de-sac with my buddies. Uh, I can't even begin to imagine how some of these guys do it, and it's going to be a fun year to watch yeah man it really is and uh so all of our predictions are in um so we really enjoyed doing this one so the next episode will be coming out either thursday or friday this week uh and it'll be a full deep dive blues uh we'll we'll recap the preseason games that were happening over the last week week and a half or so and then uh we will preview the game saturday as well uh they're starting in columbus on saturday night and um, we'll do that. And then also, again, we have a new segment we're going to bring in there. And we'll kind of get back to our normal show. And then we'll get to our two a week that we were talking about before. And we'll kind of start hopping in. It's hockey season, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I played at the beginning of the pod. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's back all the way back. I don't care about those games over the weekend. That was in Europe. Doesn't count to me, even though Nashville's. Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, Tonight, when you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to it on Tuesday, right when we come and put it out and you saw it on our social medias and you're listening to it right in the morning on your drive to work and everything. Tuesday night, when you're listening to this, there will be National Hockey League back in action. It's so nice. I feel like we. it always seems like it's the longest wait. Like, you're, you know, you're waiting forever just for the season to start and you're like, oh my God, it's back. It's literally like, to me, it's better than Christmas. Always has been. And we got to wait even longer until Saturday for the Blues. I know it's a bullshit. I hate that. But hey, we get to talk about them one more time before the season starts. So again, uh, Joe kind of alluded 
Uh, please like, please subscribe, please share with your friends. Tell somebody, tell a friend, tell your mother, tell your father, tell your baby. I don't care. Tell anybody and let us know how we're doing. Like everyone just give us some feedback. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like. But again, I think this segment that we're bringing in uh, starting on fr on the next episode is it's going to get it's actually going to be something that people can get really involved with. And I think we're going to stir some debate, especially amongst local people. Yeah. It, it, it'll be a local I, it, well it doesn't always have to be local it can kind of be anything we kind of go all over the place with this segment uh i also don't think it's going to be too much of a time killer like i think and and mark, mark my words like that's probably going to be something that i'm going to we just cursed ourselves yeah <laughs> we spent a half hour on it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah i think we can go through that one um these prediction episodes have gone long we had a lot to talk about like i said we took a lot of notes we talked about a lot of notes take all my sad sob story I, and you know it wasn't even sad like i was happy about it but all my little uh, emotional stuff that i talked about 20 30 minutes ago add it to this part of the podcast because that's where it was meant to be i thought we were done earlier and um but uh yeah really like we appreciate everybody that's listening like i said tell a friend like subscribe tell us that you listen and uh Ready for uh, one more episode this week. Three episodes this week. Yeah, and with that, we'll just say this. Hockey is back, baby. We're back. Yeah. Now the real work begins. Work. Let's uh let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get out of here. So everyone, thanks again for listening and we will see you again later this week for the Blues season preview and prediction show. So everyone have a great week. Enjoy the hockey season that starts tonight when you're listening, hopefully. And uh, everyone have a great week, and we will see you later on. Peace.